like a TV static sound. I think I think I actually did that before. I think at one I think at one point there was like a television television static sound effect. Yeah, we got ten hours. There we go. Okay, we're live. Oh my gosh! There we go. Hey, this is t this is TV static ASMR show. All right, you guys, this is Friday night. Welcome. Don't adjust your TV set. Everything is cool. Smash that subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. It's July 29th, 2023. It's 11 to 5 p.m. Eastern, 8.05 Pacific, uh, 10.05 Norman. Norman Bates. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. All right. What's up, dudes? Yeah, smash that, that subscribe button, dudes. Subscribe to the channel. We're, get, we're trying to get to 10,300 YouTube subscribers. I think we can do it. Let's try tonight. All right, Johnny Bean TV. Here we go. Guitar here. I got some. I got. I got my guitar. I got, got me a new song. What happened to your microphone level? Yeah, what happened? Turn it up. Look at Can't hear me. <laughs> 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 Come on, man. Me and me. What's up? Janice. What's up, dude? Jimmy Skyprop, everybody. Hello. Hello, everybody. What's up, dudes? Here we go. What? What is it? Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Stratterday Night Live. We hang out for a couple few hours, although I'm I'm good tonight. We can hang out. We can this could be five or six hours tonight. I wasn't kidding. Why is there laughter? <laughs> Welcome to the Marathon Show, the 12-hour show. We promised you guys this is it. These guys don't know that. But uh, for the next 12 hours, we will we'll be live entertaining you guys. And uh, wait, wait. Where, 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 what happened? Where's everybody going? I said it's going to be a 12-hour show. Everybody. What's up? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> CC, dude, where have you been, man? CC, CC's in the chat. Hit it, CC. Dude, we've missed you, dude. 
All right, Strarity Night. We talk, obviously, we have guitars. We talk uh, rock music. I mean, whatever you guys want. We'll talk about anything. Ask us questions, comments in the chat. The meaning uh, of life. But the meaning of life we will talk about tonight. A very special episode of Johnny Bean TV. It has to do with guitars. Yeah. The meaning of life is guitar. Guitar. Learn how to play. It's hey, a Johnny. Thing. Yes. Hey, Johnny. You in Santa Cruz? Charlie Zimmerman. I am in Santa Cruz. This is Santa Cruz, California. And uh, let's say hello to the top tier of channel members here on Johnny Bean TV here on YouTube. If I can find the thing. Channel membership is a way you can help support the channel and support these shows. Or treat stream if we can get it hooked up. Uh, in the top tier of channel, ooh, tastes like chicken. Top tier of channel members are the executive producers, and they are currently CC. There you are, dude. Stephen Franklin, Michael Smith, Music Therapy, Laz, Sherman Callahan, Forty Grit. There you are, dude. John Moronic, Majestic PB, and Jake Hat, Guitarman Forty Five, Janice Lala, the intern. R. Habs, Warlag, Patty Dill, and Fairfield Guitar Co. That's Lewis. Those are the top tier of channel membership. Again, here on Johnny Bean TV, here on YouTube. You'd like to help support the channel, support these shows. Get your name in green in the chat, like CC, like Mike Olson, like Janice Lala, uh, and like Forty Grit. Become a Me. channel member. Get exclusive content only for you. Uh, get special uh, like Ned emojis in the chat. Let's see some Ned emojis. That would be awesome. You guys, channel members, you all have access to Ned cat emojis. He's uh, He actually is feeling better. Wait, that shouldn't be laughter. It's very serious. There we go. Ned emojis in the chat. Yeah, so Super Chats, you can help support the show. Support the show. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, baby, yeah, <laughs> Let's just start over. Okay. Help support the channel. Oh, my God. What happened? Support the channel. <laughs> support the channel. Support these shows. Here on YouTube. And speaking of that, supporting the show and Facebook. Oh, that reminds me. We got to let our Facebook friends into, into, the, uh, into the show. Come on, Facebook, refresh. Everybody, refresh your browsers. Make sure you get to the freshest part of the show because we are actually doing... Uh, what was that? We are actually doing a, a giveaway tonight or two. So if you're in the chat, either on Facebook or on YouTube, where, again, we're trying to reach 10,300 subscribers by the end of this month, so basically by tomorrow... We basically need 20 more subscribers, which I think we can do. I think we can do that. Uh, so uh, anyway, Facebook, Facebook stars. You can help support the channel, support these shows. Speaking of Facebook, we're also live in the exclusively Van Halen group, so we can talk some Van Halen. This actually is the premier Van Halen channel on YouTube. On the internet, it actually says that, and I didn't I didn't write it. Somebody else did. Um 
exclusively Van Halen, EVH Gear Fans Live group, EVH Gear Fans Live page. We love our EVH Gear. Uh, and the Johnny Bean TV group, uh, we are also live. And hey, you want to send us a text? You want to maybe, maybe we'll take some calls tonight. This is 12 hours. 415-952-3263 is the number. And uh, you can hook that up to your WhatsApp. And we can be WhatsApp friends. It's very good. It's a very good thing. Uh, we're also live on Twitter, which is actually now called X. And thank you guys for all the new Google reviews. We got a bunch of new Google reviews over on Google. So uh, it's okay. So thank you so much, you guys, in the chat review, however you type that. I don't know. E-W? There we go. Review. Okay. All right. Right on. Right on, dudes. So, again, all the way from Norman, Norman, Oklahoma, you got Robbie the Animal Stingle. What's Best up, dressed. <laughs> Love that shirt. What's happening? What's up? Right? What's up, dude? How are you? What's the latest in the world of, of Robbie Stingle? Well, you can see I'm only a, an hour and 45 minutes away from four days on the gong. Uh, what? Four days till I could order the gong. So I have enough money for that. So I'm getting very close. Mm -hmm. So Zodiacs in Norman. So what's the up? The Zodiac man? killer. Oh crap, dude! Lock your windows. What's up, CC? How's it going? <laughs> I'm in Norman. He's actually like. I can see you through your window, Robbie. Norman Bates. Norman Bates. <laughs> oh my god. Ron Gunner. What's up, man? Hey. I'm just sitting there having some fun. Dave. That's awesome, man. Maybe nice. All right. So, so, so far, the Zodiac Killer is actually laughing. So I don't know if that's good or bad. We got to, we got to make sure we keep Robbie's windows uh, locked, though. I'll be all right, Johnny. I'll be You'll all right. Be cool. Everybody's You'll be armed right. in Oklahoma. He's got oh, a gong okay. mouth. He can hit him. You got you got a gong back there, man. Yeah. Everybody walks yeah, in, hit that. <laughs> Everybody understands. Uh, and 40 Grit is here. Dude. What up? How you guys doing? Great. Uh, my uh, my Mammoth record uh, shipped yesterday. So oh, right I'll on. I'll be getting my... Uh, um, remember, uh, new record drops on Tuesday. So um, make sure that you uh get your uh your mammoth drop uh mine will be here hopefully on tuesday so all i got to worry about now is it's sitting in the mailbox and not melting from the heat out here so i looked it up today and vinyl a uh, standard vinyl record melts at 130 degrees so as long as uh, it doesn't get to 130 oh. in my mailbox i'll be all right <laughs> so 120 make sure that you uh make sure that we support uh wolfgang on tuesday you know his uh, his new record drop so and uh, i think it's probably gonna be pretty awesome mm -hmm. mammoth two mammoth two 
Right on. Right. So, so you pre-ordered one. So, right? So, so you might well, get one know, of the signed the, ones? Or are they all signed? I did. I did get one of them. Um, me being the child that I am, uh, I was uh, watching Wolf very closely when uh, he was doing all the signing of the uh, records. And they were going to do so many, and I bought it, and uh, I bought his record. I've got the other one signed, too. I haven't even opened it. The, the first one is signed. I've got it out uh, in my record oh my collection. Gosh. I've got the balance. Hey, I've got the balance album, too. I always want to talk about that. There's somebody on here. They always ask when you're giving away vinyl balance. I've got that. You know that that thing's worth a grip. I think I paid what? fifty bucks for it. I think it's worth a grip. Worth forty grip. A grip. A grip. G R I. A grip. A grip. It could be worth a grip too. You know. I do but, have one of those. I have one, yeah. and actually, I just bought another one. So I'm gonna have two of them. If you don't so, mind me asking, how much did you pay for the second one? Did you get a good deal on it? I got a very good deal. So somebody it. didn't know what they had. Nah, they knew what it was. And when I get it, I will talk about it. I actually bought I bought Balance on vinyl. I bought uh, Carnal Knowledge on vinyl and Best of Volume 1 double vinyl I bought. Hey, Mr. And, Mick. And you're thinking about that right now. And you're like, you're like, I didn't know they pressed that. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I was just thinking. They didn't. Actually. They didn't. Somebody did, though. <laughs> so anyway, I will have all that stuff. And I bought them. I bought them from a collector who was selling them. And I told them I'm buying them to give away on my Van Halen show, which is Tuesdays. OU81 Tuesdays here on Johnny Bean TV. We talk all things Van Halen. We're always talking Van Halen. We're, I mean, this, you know, the, Google did tell me this was the Van Halen channel. I'm not making that up. You guys can search it for yourself. It, it says that on the Internet. Um, but Tuesdays, 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, we talk all things Van Halen. We do giveaways. We give away uh, uh, Funko Pops. We have exclusive 1978 Eddie Van Halen Funko Pops coming up. To give away, and again, uh, I, I have some Van Halen vinyls on the way, so we'll be giving uh, those away at some point. But I was just gonna—I was just gonna say, man. Uh, so you were saying that you were watching—you were watching Wolfgang sign all those—all those albums, and and dude, I, I was right there with you, man. I actually have screen caps of him, and he—he's actually talking to me during this this section of this. I asked him a question about his guitars, and he was answering. And see that? See that on the right? It says the question, Johnny Bean, when's the oh, yeah. SA-126 guitar, guitar coming out? He was answering, and he was showing that at that time. So, so I don't know Every who's time, more immature, me or you. Uh, probably me. Um, <laughs> every, time he posts on, every time he posts on Instagram, I, I hit him right away. And sometimes he'll answer. Like I cool. asked him, I said, I said, Hey, what's the status on SA 126? And he responded immediately and came back and said, uh, uh, it'll be ready by, uh, um, I think he was referring to Nam next year mm -hmm. is what he was saying. He, you know, it'll be ready for Nam next year. So I will definitely be picking one of those up. Uh, you know, a, a 335 uh, feel with a skinny neck should be pretty cool with EV with, uh, the Wolfgang pickups. And mm -hmm. that's not an F hole. That's an E hole for all of you that's that are, uh, there's an a-hole. That's right. Well, that's Ron, right. if you were a Van Halen fan, you would know that was an e-hole. That's an Edward yep. hole. 
instead yep. of an F hole. It, if you look at that hard enough, it's uh, it's an E instead of you know it's 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 in uh, uh, tribute to his father. It's an E hole, and then the SA one twenty six is semi acoustic. Uh, Eddie's birthday one twenty six of fifty five. I believe he was born. So. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Cool Although guitar, back, man. back should be a really cool guitar. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be at the NAM show. If they're at NAM, I don't know if they're going to be there yet or not, but if they are, I will be there, and uh, I'll definitely be checking the guitars out. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, of uh, a semi-hollow acoustic uh, electrics, you know? I have one. I have, I have what's called a Seville, which maybe if you guys want, I'll, I'll, I'll dig it out and show it to you guys. Um, so I'm very excited about about basically the marriage of of uh of that style guitar and the evh line very cool you know speaking of which we should probably ask the chat who's bought into the new evh stuff because i know some people on uh online have already gotten the um have already gotten uh, their evh guitars like the black star guitar i've seen a black star guitar online you know so if Mm -hmm. anybody's bought it i'd be interesting to see what your thoughts on quality is and, uh, you know, as far as playability and, and, you know, you know, straight out of the box, I like hearing that stuff because, uh, you know, setup's yeah. important, you know, for the guys that, uh, if I talked about a million times, you know, I feel bad for the guys that don't have the ability to set their guitars up because, uh, you know, you'll never know how good the guitar really is until you get it set up. So, mm-hmm. I want to say hi to Mike Olson out there. Hey, Mike, Mike Olson. Michael, let's let's say hi to everybody, huh? Oh yeah, that's yours, or you worked on one for somebody? That, yeah, that's a guy got that. That's the OD green one, and uh, the neck was loose. I mean, it literally, you could if you just shoved on it, it moved. Hmm. The uh, ground wire was wrapped around the top spring for the tremolo, and actually caught in it. The action down here on the, the 21st fret was probably five sixteenths of an inch away from the fretboard. I mean, it, it was terrible. It, I had to redo the whole damn guitar. And then he turned around and got, uh, and he also got the, the lime green one, which you can't tell with the, it's the, <laughs> and he, the one that uh, Laz has in a box. He's got the, this one's together. And oh, he's got, the black, he's got the black relic coming in Tuesday, so he already called oh, me and said man. I'll uh, be probably be bringing that to you Wednesday. I mean, I, I was I was shocked, uh, and it came from Sweetwater. And that was after they did their fifty-five point inspection. I don't know what the hell they did it on, but it sure as hell wasn't that guitar. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything everything was loose. It's uh, it was like it was never Dang. worked on. That's not good. That's not good. In the chat, does anybody else order anything from uh, from them from Sweetwater? You guys know I waited like a year for guitar picks from there. You guys ever hear that story? Picks from where? <laughs> Sweetwater. I ordered those those fifty one fifty guitar picks from them, and yeah. it took a year for me to get them. From These picks? Sweetwater. Yes, those <laughs> I ordered them. It took me a year to get them. They came here first. <laughs> yeah. And they're still here because I don't use 60s anymore. Oh, no. Yeah. 
smash that thumbs up. That's right, Holly Lewis. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is this is awesome. Let's. Who's here? We got Holly Lewis. Holly Lewis is here. Welcome, Holly. Um, by the way, Holly, if you want some help, Holly was asking me for some some help using Streamyard. You guys, if you want to use Streamyard. There's a link down below in the chat where you can actually uh, you can you can uh, uh, use it. I think S Y. There we go in the chat. Check out Streamyard. That's what we use. We love it. It's easy, very easy to use. Um, I've been using it for years. I don't like it on an iPhone. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, on an it's, iPhone, it's, it kept freezing. On this phone, it's great, man. Oh, okay. Who else is here? Janice is here. No, I can't sleep. No, Lowell, you're laughing, laughing in your sleep. Janice, Janice, good to see you. The guitars are great. Uh, collect as many as you can. Zo the Zodiac uh, guy says, Robbie, lock your windows, dude. <laughs> I don't got anything here made by mm -hmm. Fender with EVH logos. You have a gong. Uh,. Holly Lewis, hello. Jeff T, hello. Good to see you. Jeff T, channel member. Great to see you. Holly Lewis, again, good to see you. Tim Thomas, Ronnie Parker is here. Ronnie, was that you? Was that you asking me about the guitar strap? Was that you? It was somebody. I've got that over there. We'll talk about that in a, in a few. Uh, let's see. Nightbot is saying sub to Lori. So, you guys, check out Lori's Mishmash. Uh, she sings uh, songs. Let's see. Question. Zodiac is saying, where are the EVH bass guitars? Where's all the EVH bass guitars at? They're going to do one. They're doing one. If you watch that premiere guitar, uh, the rig rundown with Wolfgang, uh, his uh, his bass player is uh, road testing the Wolfgang bass right now. Mm -hmm. So they're road testing that as well. So I would think that by NAMM showtime, they're gonna have a base for the EVH line, and they'll and uh, they'll probably have a couple actually. And then um, I think that uh, SA one twenty six is gonna hit, and then hopefully uh, I heard some whispers about a Rasta guitar. So if they end up doing a Rasta guitar, that'd be pretty cool too. Whoa! So, yeah, dude. That'd that be pretty would be awesome. Akadaka, Akadaka, Chris King. That would be awesome, man. Chris King, what's up, dude? We got uh, G. Butchnoff, E. Clef, uh, Ian's Guitar Shack. Ian, let me know. Did you get your, your guitar pick, uh, 3D printed guitar pick holder yet? We've got, uh, we've got some new friends here from, uh, actually from Modesto, California. Let me see. Where, where is that video at? I've got so many. I got so many videos here. It's 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 insanity. Oh, right here, Rocket Mute. Oh, unmute. Rocket Music Gear. Check them out. Ian's Guitar Shack won on a previous episode. He won one of these. They're 3D printed guitar pick holders. See, some of them have guitar picks in them. He won the the little the one that looks like a cat. I'm calling it the Ned. Uh, Rocket Music Gear. They they are awesome. They're actually at the Taylor Swift concert right now, which is which has taken over the Bay Area. It's insane. There are so many people at Taylor Swift right now. We had earthquakes, and I'm not kidding. There were so many people dancing. They were saying there was earthquakes happening. 
So yeah, they got guitar straps, rocket music gear. Check them out. I met them uh, last. Oh, we could go today. We could go today uh, at this uh, very cool uh, Alameda, California. Uh, what was it? Like a uh, swap meet. Had a great time. But yeah, check out Rocket Music Gear. Tell them I sent you. They're very cool. Very cool. You guys could hear me during that, right? Hopefully. Yeah, uh, they're, yeah they're very, very cool. Um, they make a lot of great stuff. So anyway, uh, Ian's Guitar Shack had won one of those. Uh, I think it was a week ago tonight. I had one, and I mailed it off. Let me know if you got it yet. And I, I will actually, I'm looking to get uh, more of them from them from them to do uh, as uh, giveaways. I've been frantically um, checking the EVH poster that went to Canada, and it still hasn't arrived yet. It still, it just says in Canada on the UPS, mm-hmm. USPS site, it just says Canada. It doesn't say mm-hmm. where in Canada, it just sits. So I would assume it's in customs. So whoever that was that won the EVH poster... It's uh, it's en route. It's just uh, held up in it's customs. It's in Canada. Yep. So. I can tell you who that was. Hopefully this What's week it? you'll get What's your up, poster. What's up, Lewis? Uh, who was it? When was that? That was a, a little while ago. ago, huh? It's a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah. Still hasn't got it two weeks ago. It's ridiculous. Uh, it says G. Butchnoff won it. No, he won a long time ago. There was another guy. Something uh, rocks, like like Mike Rock, Mikey Rocks, or something oh, like that. Oh, like Kurt Rocks. Kurt I Rocks, think. that's who it was. It was. Kurt. Yeah, Kurt oh, Rocks. there it is. Kurt Rocks. So that was one, two, three, four. That was like five shows ago as far as giveaways. So, wow. I think. Man, time flies know. on this show. It's, it's kind of weird. It's very strange. It was three weeks ago for that, or two weeks ago? Five. No, it wasn't that long. Five shows ago. No. Five shows co- is a couple uh, of weeks. Johnny does three a week. I do three, oh, five a, week. I do three shows, five shows a week. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, two weeks ago. So five shows ago. So I would have been not last, not this week, not even last week, the week before, three weeks ago. Right? Yeah. I believe I two weeks ago. Yeah, I figured it was two weeks ago. Um, stuff normally takes three weeks to get here to, okay. Somebody in here asked, said, I forgot who it was. I, I don't recognize their handle. Maybe they're new. There's a lot of new people too, but I'm seeing a lot of new stuff. Um, which is cool. Asked me how long it has taken to get all the EVH stuff. It's, it's taken a long time. More than two weeks? Maybe three. Probably close to like three and a half or something like that. 40 grit, how long did it take to get all your EVH stuff? AMX and DXIES. So uh, how long did it take, buddy? That's years of collecting. I've got I've got pictures of me as a young lad with EVH stuff, so I got a lot of stuff. So. Oh, my gosh. If you want to find embarrassing photos... I, I I was I was swiping through my photos recently. I have a photo of me from actually this is funny. I have a photo of me from 1993 standing next to that cardboard cutout that you have back there. Hmm. The Eddie. Yeah. So. So you were nine I, years old. I was. If I can find that, I'll show it to you guys. But there's no way I'm going to be able to find it. 
I watched a video the other day, that video I told you about from 98 of Edit, Edit the Damn Show. And the video starts of me standing at the PV booth. Yes. And I have this huge, I have this, there was this huge picture of Eddie, like leaning on the 5152 and he had a cigarette. He's like leaning against or leaning on the head and he's got a cigarette. Well, when it came out in the magazines, they had airbrushed the cigarette out. But on the actual big, huge, like styrofoam picture they had, he still had the cigarette. Well, oddly enough, like two years later, the company or the music store that got that from the NAM show, they sold it. And it's above my workbench. And it's huge. I mean, like, it is huge. Oh, my gosh. That's me. I found another photo of me from 1993. You guys don't want to see it, but well. Yeah, we do. You're not going to share? <laughs> you guys want to see this? This is me from 1993. You guys won't believe this. I don't believe This was several lifetimes ago. Uh, looks like I'm in uh, San Francisco, where I'm from. That's me. That's me. <laughs> 1993 <coughs> look at that that's a lot of hair that's i i had a lot of hair back in the day obviously now i uh i like to keep it covered but yeah there you go that's me 1993 <coughs> pretty big for nine years old <laughs> that's oh my gosh that's unbelievable there you go Okay, so basically the photo that's similar to that is me standing next to uh, next to that cutout. Oh, let me let me show you guys this real quick. Real quick, this is a this this uh, photo was in uh, like uh, Spin magazine back in like 1996. You guys obviously know who those guys are. That's Green Day. I sold that guitar to Trey Cool. That actual guitar. They they used to shop at the store I used to work at in Berkeley, California, called Subway. And they would buy guitars, and I remember selling him that guitar, that particular guitar, and then seeing it in a, a Spin magazine, them in a bathtub with it. Was that a foot long? Very good. A foot long. It's actually an Echo. It's an old '60s Echo uh, guitar. I think it's either an Echo or a Vox. I think. Here's the best thing. How much? Oh. I I remember writing out the the sales receipt for him, and he gave me a name that wasn't Trey Cool. I remember it was like something something like the fourth. Um, how much that guitar? He probably got it for three four hundred dollars, probably something like that. Well, you you uh, sold it to him, so you knew, you know, not us. Yeah, well, no, but this is in 1996. This is like a long time ago, very long time ago. And then here's, oh, I'm not going to show that. That's horrible. Yeah, I'm looking through all these photos now. Dang it. Anyway, there we go. Uh. Let me see. Somebody, I, I just saw something to me. Um, where is it? Holly. 
who said they gave you their cutout? Oh, the, the EVH cutout that I have, that's like the one that, that 40 Grit has. Uh, my friend Matt Blackett uh, gave me that. Uh, well, like a year ago or something. It's um, a good one to have. I've got the Wolfgang one too. It's folded. It's in the cardboard box behind the cab. I don't have enough room one, in here for all that nonsense. But. The one where he has the, the, the haircut and the, the guitars. Short hair. Yeah. yeah, the Wolfgang. He's got a Wolfgang with him. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. You should do a poll. What was cooler? Well, I kind of know what the answer is, but Eddie with long hair. <laughs> Eddie with long hair or Eddie with short hair. But the cool thing about Ed is you always knew when he was on the wagon. Because when he was on the wagon, he had short hair. When he's not on the wagon, he had long hair. Let's see. Let's see. Long Looks or like short hair? Watching the the Zidi, Z, yeah, Zodiac killer in Robbie's window. Uh oh! Somebody's doing wrong. the Kramer. Some, <laughs> somebody's doing the Kramer ad in Robbie's window right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one where he's peeking through. Yeah, where Ed's looking in and they're sitting there playing guitars for their girlfriends. It's pretty funny. Mm hmm. I, I gotta go over to my storage unit and get those. Maybe I should take these guitars down and put all my cool Kramer posters up and all my posters that I had in my garage because I took them all down and they're in storage now. Mm -hmm. I bet you those are worth a grip. I'll bet you those Kramer posters are worth a grip. Have you seen them on eBay or anything? What is a grip, Mr. Grit? A, a grip, grip of money? Is a lot of money. Yeah, a grip you mean is like... a lot of money. So a grip, how can <laughs> yeah. you put? How much could you grip? Like how somebody holding a bunch of money, Listen. right? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's not yeah. Really are they 20s? <laughs> are they hundreds? 40 That's so Detroit is, talk there. So you're 40 grip then. <laughs> oh, not $40. Actually, wait a minute. Yeah, they're all okay. singles. He's going to the bar later. <laughs> all right, look at me. I'm 40 grip. <laughs> 40 grip. That's me. <laughs> Yeah, I was just curious, man. No, I didn't mean nothing by it. I sent uh, I sent Johnny a, a picture of uh, the uh, the money wad I took down. Oh, the we can talk to get the Eddie Van Halen. Oh, okay. Wait, so we can yeah. talk about that now, then? Yeah, yeah you, sure. you already have it. Yeah. There it is, right yeah. there. Yeah, you sent me a. Uh... <laughs> Dane knows that I'm always gonna. Dane Dane should know by now that I'm always gonna go over there and buy guitars from him, but. I mean, I was, okay. Can I show I that? Like, I don't. I don't care. Can I show it? That's a lot of money, yeah. though, man. Yeah, I, how, how much? How, how much is it? How, how much, much was that, you dude? For that photo. <laughs> it's stupid. Those are. I don't. There's no dollar bills in there, man. First of all, think. who walks around with that? Yeah. Oh wait. First of all, first of all, One, who walks two, around with that much three. money? Stupid. Oh, that's at least 300 under those are probably 20s i would assume no i'll be honest those are all 50s those are, those were all hundreds were on top and they're all 50s but how much was that maybe you shouldn't say because the zodiac killer is actually in norman right now <laughs> i like going to uh i like going to dane's prepared i always go prepared in case I, and and what's funny is when i went in there that day he goes I called my buddy who goes to Dane's a lot because I was driving out there because he lives more on that side of town. And I said, hey, uh, have you been to Zim's? 
And he goes, yeah, he's got a 5150 head. I go, a PV? And he goes, yep. And I go, oh, oh. I'm going to buy it. And then I got there, and he goes, hey, man, uh, I had a 5150 head, and I sold it yesterday. And I was like, oh, man, I was going to buy it. But it's gone. I really don't need a PV. I got a 5152. If you guys, uh, did you ever watch the, um, did you ever watch the 5152 story with, uh, with James Brown on Tone Talk with Dave Friedman? It's really good. He talks about the, uh, so the 51, so they did the 5150 and the 5150 is going and they said, we need to find a more inexpensive amplifier. So Ed said, let's do a combo. So they went to go do the combo and the combo was sent to his house and there was a capacitor or something that was done incorrectly. And so Ed called PV and said, Hey man, I don't know what you did differently. And James Brown was like, we didn't do anything differently. He goes, no, something's different. And he said, I don't know what you did differently, but I really like it. And they said, okay. So come to find out. He said, they said, <laughs> well, send it back because we want to, they, they wanted to reverse engineer it. And check, and sure enough, there was something that it, you would have to watch the interview, but something wasn't done right, right? So then, mm -hmm. so then the combo came out, and then Ed came out and said, "Hey, I want controls for both channels on the front of the amplifier." And hey, by the way, go ahead and put the switch in there from the combo, and we'll just do the fifty-one. We'll call it the fifty-one fifty-two. So that's why the fifty-one fifty-two came out because of the change in the combo, which I have. I got the fifty-one fifty combo right here. And then I've got the 5152. So the whole talk about Dakota Barrett says the first two amp I ever bought was a 5152 head, and that's what made me want a PV. I got to be honest with you. I I really, truly believe that the 5152 was the amp that Ed wanted. And I find it interesting that there's so much talk about the very first PV head, you know, about the EVH on the front and, you know, and how it's different. It was never different. It was the same amp. The only thing was they, they had a uh, RCA, I think it was an RCA tube that they ran out of. So they had burned, hmm. uh, Hartley PV had bought a ton of like, I, I'm pretty sure they're RCAs, a ton of tubes and they ran out of them. So they mm -hmm. said that's when they started to sound a little different because they were putting, they were putting rubies in them and they were putting different kind of tubes in them. Right. But uh, there's no difference between an EVH, uh, a, a block logo on the front of the PV head, and a signature, which they call that the script, uh, the script logo on the front of the first PV. But again, just speaking from, you know, in my opinion, going back to the 5152 head, I've had the 5150 head and I, I, I would never sell my 5152 ever. I have so. a question. So is the um, is the fifty one fifty combo? Is that technically a fifty one fifty two? The well, the, the combo came before the two. So so like I said, what what Ed wanted was a more price friendly because of the head having to buy the head in the four twelve. He said, let's mm -hmm. do something more price friendly. So they came out with a fifty one fifty PV combo, but they had put something in wrong. Go watch the interview. It's a fantastic interview. It's a tone talk with Dave Friedman. And uh, it's a super long, I want to say it was almost three hours. And he just talks about working with Ed. James Brown talks about working with Ed. And, uh, but they had done something wrong on the, or they actually did something right because Ed said something's different. Something's wrong. And he mm -hmm. said, Hey, Dwight uh, Bailey. He said that, uh, he said that, 
<laughs> something was different. So they they sent it back, reverse engineered it, found it, and then did that change in the 5152, which mine's right there. I gig with that head for years. That was my number one gig in head. That's just, the thing's fantastic. Great amp. Nice. Nice. Yeah, because I, I had a, a 5150 combo at one point. Because I, I have the, I guess what you call the block, you know, that amp. The block letter, the, yeah. Uh, I have the block letter, and then I have mm -hmm. a, I have a 412, 412 combo. I mean, uh, cabinet. Yeah. I have it. I, I, it's over there. I can, if you guys want to see it, I can, I can roll it out. Um, but then I bought the, the combo <clears throat> at a shop in Oakland, California, and whoever owned it you know, before put casters on it. Mm -hmm. So I was able to roll it around, which was great. So I, so I started using that. And then uh, when I joined this band called The Mayfire, we, it turned out we had a deal with Fender. And so the band, it was more like a, a garage type of, like a White Stripes type of band. It wasn't, you know. So, so I had used the 5150 combo for like the first couple rehearsals. But then it's like, yeah, you need, you know, a different amp. So I sold that to a friend of mine. And then I got for artist price uh, the, the Fender Hot Rod DeVille which I still have, which is my main amp to this day. That's the amp I'm always using. It's, it's amazing. And I, I don't use the, the dirty channel. I'm always using pedals for the, for the fuzz and stuff for it. Um, but anyway, going back to the PV combo, I remember it, it sounding great. Uh, I remember the, the clean channel sounded much better than mm. the block letter channel or whatever. And then I remember when I saw Van Halen on the balance tour, at, I saw them like, two or three I thought I saw them three times on that tour and by by one of those times or maybe all of them I don't remember Edward had a stack of those combos behind him and and what by that point he was using the combos for his clean tone and then he was using the the regular head for the the dirty tone yeah right? that, that wasn't a marketing ploy yeah that wasn't a marketing ploy for him to like come out with the combo he preferred the combo over the head he was using the combos on, on the 95 tour, and then the 5152 came out shortly after. Uh, mm -hmm. What year was that? So, so 98, they did be so 90. I think 98 was the first year when I was at that NAM show because, and 98 was also the first year of the, um, I want to say that was the first year of the, uh, I might be wrong with this, but the D tuner, because in that video that I have of Ed playing, he starts playing and he reaches the guitar up and he goes and he makes a face like he's excited and he pulls the D tuner out and yeah. then he starts playing like like chugging on the you know the, on the drop D. So I'm thinking yeah. that maybe not maybe 98 was the first year of the D tuner as well because that was shortly after the Wolfgang What year was Wolfgang? It, it right? would have because the PV Wolfgang came with those standard on them. Yeah. They came with D-Tunas, and those started yeah. coming out in, like, uh, 96, 97? Yeah. Well, 96, he gave the guitar to Jason, and he said, right, that's when he showed it to him. And, and that's right. And he had a patent on it. That's right. That's right. Well, the first time we saw a PV Wolfgang was on David Letterman. No, I'm talking mm -hmm. about the D-Tuna. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. But the first time we saw a Wolfgang was on David Letterman when they played Not Enough. He played a red one, and it's the first mm -hmm. time he ever 
went from and started showing the PV around because I remember watching that going, oh my God, what is that? You know, he was playing a red PV Wolfgang for that Not Enough on David Letterman, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. I think you're 100% right, though. I think the combo, I don't use mine. I actually restored that amp. It was beat. And the price on those has come down a lot. On the uh, the, the 5150 uh, 212 combo, I paid too much for mine, and it was beat, but I totally restored it and revinyled it and retolexed it and everything, so it's brand new again. But... um. Uh, if you have the opportunity to grab one of those PV5150 combos, they're fantastic amplifiers. And they're um, they're uh, set bias, just like the 5150 head. So your PV head, they're just plug and play. If the tubes go bad, you just put new plugs in or put new tubes in them. You don't have to set the bias on their fixed bias. I need to do that. Yep. Well, then they overcharged me when I got new tubes put in mine back 23 years ago. Yeah, you don't. That's a set bias. They're like, that's we have to bias bias. this too. So no, that's going to be another five thousand dollars. No, the fifty-one fifty was a set bias, and the fifty-one fifty combo is a set bias. When they started it going to um, to the uh, the standard bias to where you can set bias was the fifty-one fifty-two. They had the probes on the back. Hmm. But they're biased. And Dakota's cold. right. Yeah, they are biased cold because that prolongs the life of the tube. So, you know, there was, you know, you can do research on that and find out, you know, what the sweet spot was and where Ed had his bias and stuff. But uh, you have to remember their bias cold because PV wanted you to prolong the life of the amplifier. So they did buy you set them cold. They did. I, I believe uh, James Brown talks about that. He said that they, that they were biased so they were set a little cold. But that's why they also came out with modifications on the PV 5150s to where you could put a, a, a set bias in it to where you could. You could tweak it because I actually had a 5150 that was modified by FJM. Was it FJM that did all the 5150 bods? But uh, somebody was doing it, and they were good modifications. You could where you could set your bias. So, uh, beer hounds. Your answer to your question is: Is Wolfie technically, uh, you know, comparable to his dad? The answer to that would be yes. He just wants to play different stuff. That's all. Mm-hmm. Oh, as far as uh, guitar playing the guitar wise, yeah, yeah, check out him playing at those Taylor Hawkins tributes. You can see them on YouTube, and he he played some Van Halen stuff. Mike Olson I, said he bought a sixty-five oh five for two hundred and fifty dollars. That's insane. I can't remember the first song I saw Eddie play at the factory. I think it was "Beautiful Girls." I remember him turning his back to everybody when he did the the rise up on the bar but we already all knew how to play that anyway it's kind of funny i think that's mm -hmm. the first song i saw him play wow he was, he was about three feet from me yeah. oh my what is this who sent these in <laughs> we're getting we're getting we're getting the photos again who who sent that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's got to be, that's got to be. Uh, Atomic's in here. Atomic, yeah, Atomic yeah, is here. It's got to be him. Yeah. What is, what is that? And then, and then there's also uh, this one here. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I think this, this proves that, that, uh, that Ned is mine. <laughs> <laughs> We do look a lot alike, me and, and Ned. 
Right, Zora? Oh! Oh, my God! Oh! The claws! The Oh! Oh! I don't know. It looks like she might go lay down now. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> that was good. Oh my gosh! That that was awesome. Uh, let's see. Really quickly here. Uh, Beer Hounds is here. Huge Skolnick fan here. Well, hey, dude, you're you're just in luck, man. Check this out. Hi, this is Alex Skolnick, and you're watching Johnny Bean TV. Thank you, Alex Skolnick. Actually, Beerhounds just said that the uh, the fifty one fifty combo just attach the head from the cab, use external cab, and uh, and you be having things. I think he's correct. I mean, they sound great uh, you, using the uh, the line out and just run it through a four twelve oh. or you know, yeah, you can do that. I played a gig. I played a gig at a, a theater in Sacramento back in two thousand six. I used. I just remembered this. I used the fifty one fifty combo. But I ran it into my 412. Mm -hmm. And it, sure. it was good. It was good. And you're going to have to push it harder. You, got, you, you had to push it harder with the 412. And it probably did sound really good. Because you're not pushing a 100 watt amp. Now you're pushing a 50 watt amp through a 412. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to push it a little harder, which is uh, which probably sounded really good. My EVH uh, 212 combo, I've got the, uh, the line out going to a 412. And it sounds fantastic. I got the white... Uh, 50 or the white yeah it's a 50 watt mm -hmm. but uh, that thing sounds fantastic the problem with those combos i mean all the evh combos of 5150s and everything they just weigh too much super heavy that's that's why i was glad to have the one with with the the casters on it where i could just push it around yeah that thing that thing was heavy and dakota dakota i need i i need to find it he did a channel id for me I need to find it and, and load it into StreamYard. I will do that ASAP. Thank you again. Or please resend it. <laughs> I get a million messages a day. It's, it's craziness. Um, yeah, that was, that was wild, man. <laughs> Are you okay, Robbie? Yeah. Does Zora, have, does Zora have claws? Of course she does, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I'm kind of out of the loop here. You guys are all into, you know, solid state preamps and, you know, PCBs. I'm like the odd man out here. I'm, I'm into, you know, plexis, and, you know, 212 greenbacks, you know, hmm. stuff like that. Go out to, I've go got out 412 greenback. That may not be as cool as a 212, though. I don't know. It depends what you're running through with the twenty, with the twenty-watt head. The two twelves balance out good. You don't lose signal. That's you know I'm still into signal strength. You know. What's your take on a 1976 Marshall cab, salt and pepper grill with black backs? I like the green backs. You know. Because the black backs Eddie was Eddie's. Eddie, the black backs was Eddie's. Was Eddie's speakers from. Van Halen one, from what I've heard, but that's what that is right there. Mm -hmm. That's got the that's got the black backs. I've heard that uh, I've heard that there's some opinions vary on the black backs. It sounds fantastic, I'll tell you. I mean, that's a 
I'll never use it again, but it's sounds great. Man. Dude, I mean, you, you, got, of, you got the gear in there, dude. There's a lot of amps that have tubes. It, it just depends if it's a hybrid amp. I mean, you know, it's the whole gain channel, distortion channel built into your amp thing. The Plexi didn't have that. Plexi was just straight amp. Preamp tubes were preamp tubes. You could, you know, you could push one side to the other. You could uh, play them against each other to to drive the drive the amp harder. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a totally different world now. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it's the future. Oh, wait a minute. We, we were running a poll here for like the last like 20 minutes. Uh, do you guys like Edward's hair longer or shorter? Uh, out of 40 votes, 85% said long. Yeah, 15% said short. Uh, if you guys want to see me with long hair again, uh, send me some Rogaine. I will regrow my hair for you guys. Of course, we got to say hi to Raymond. Hey, Raymond. Raymond's excellent. Sounds Uncle like Tom Raymond. Lyle. Sounds like Tom Lyle's playing through like plexi type amplifiers. He's describing mm-hmm. things that they do, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beer Hounds wants to know if Friedman amps are worth it. Uh, I guess Robbie would know. Uh, Dave Friedman does all of the. Uh, Dave Friedman does all of the old vintage, very uh, similar schematics to the uh, plexis. I know his stuff is very, very plexi um, ori- uh, related. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, Friedman went over to Edward's house and he was poking around with his amps. And CC's in the chat, Robbie. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, I'm not a Friedman fan. I mean, I, I got to tell you, you know, I just, I'm not really a Friedman fan. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to start a big thing about it. I think that Dave, I, I will say about Dave Friedman, I think Dave Friedman's fantastic to listen to. I mean, if you just listen to that guy, I mean, he's he's got so much knowledge. I mean, like the guy I worked with, you know, Ed called him. He said there was a show in Detroit and his rack had taken a spill. And Ed's guitar tech at the time had called Ed and said, or called Dave Friedman and said, hey, man, we're going to fly out. So he flew out to Detroit. He flew him out to Detroit just to check his rack. So, I mean, that's, I mean, talk about a resume. When was, I mean, what, what tour was that? I don't know. I, again, I mean, it's on, it's on the, I watched, I'm not trying to plug another channel, but I mean, I watch Tone Talk religiously. Whenever Dave Friedman's got his Tone Talk on, I watch it. It's really good. And, um, thank you, but yeah, thank he was you, Raymond. Thank you, Raymond. Just had to say that. Oh. Cool. Yeah. I Raymond. really appreciate it, there, Raymond. I got one here. I was going to play tonight. I was kind of waiting on Lori. I don't think she's going to show. Mm-hmm. Well, text her. Uh, I didn't message her. I don't know if she uh, even read it. She's probably busy. <laughs> it's like midnight where she is, Robbie. Probably sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. She might, I know she was working on, on some music, so, you know, she's probably busy. Mm-hmm. But I wrote, I wrote two songs today because uh, 
I wanted to get to the half a million views. And it was only about 40, 4,700 views away. And the last, I don't know, week or so, I've been averaging about seven to 9,000 views a day. So I have to do it with, I can do four shorts. And then I have to have an original. Acoustic, electric, it doesn't matter. If I don't put that that music video in there, they kind of freak out and don't put me on, you know, suggested. So I I wrote two songs today so I could put another one out today, which I did earlier. And I wrote this one too so I could play it tonight. So. Okay. Well, if Lori is here... Somebody call Lori and tell her to jump into the chat. <laughs> Robbie will play the song. Or you can play us out later with it. Well, Beer Hound's got uh, a question. Right? 11 hours. Modded Marshall, it depends what year. If you're modding a JCM 800, no. Because that's a hybrid. That has a solid-state preamp. You can mod it all day long. It ain't going to matter. If you're talking, a, a, you know, 71 Super Leads, something like that. Then perhaps it depends who did the work and what he did and what, what capacitors he used. You know? That that's kind of the long and short of it. I mean, you know. As far as modding a you know, a a hybrid amp, I I don't see the I don't see the 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 reasoning for it because you're digitally altering the sound anyway, so you know, you might as well just digitally modify it, you know, with digital things, whether it's your computer or, or whatnot, you know, but that's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. and that's what I've done like all my life. I mean, you know, but the right. you know, 100 watt plexi is too damn loud. You got to have it like in another room or, or put a mattress in front of it or something like that. And, uh, that's why I just love this little studio vintage 20 watt because they made a they made a 20 watt plexi with an attenuator so you could switch it to five watts so you could push the tubes even more, you know. I mean, and it's it's totally loud enough for anything. You, you know, it, you don't have to blast things out. Mm -hmm. Hey, my YouTube channel, huh? All right, I, I guess I could I could put that up since you asked me. I, I don't usually put it up. But uh, I will. Uh -huh. I can and, actually uh, find out, Robbie, because I can actually look at the stats for for Nightbot. I can see how many times somebody put something in. Let's see. Top. The top command is Lori. Is Lori. <laughs> the the me, command man. for Lori has been typed in since, for this week uh, 11 times. Underneath that, number two is Robbie nine times. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't put mine in. I, I didn't put mine in. I, and then right I, under I that is Rocket Music Gear, which is me. I've been doing for them nine times promoting them. Well, Streamyard under that. Commands under that. Review Twitch. The Cola we did three times. Wow, Jim DeCola. If you like feedback, if you like original music, if you like playing, watching people play with their teeth. If you like. Uh, I've got you Sunday like cats sounds. jumping out the window? Sunday sounds. I do uh, all kinds of percussion. That's actually the most watched thing I have next to the shorts is the Sunday sounds. Yeah, you're going to dig it, man. 
you're going to dick it. It's uh, so, super old school. It's not produced whatsoever. It's all live. It's all performance. Kind of like this show. So, Robbie, what is Sunday Sounds? You're always talking about it. You're like, Johnny's. I did the Sunday Sounds. I've never seen it. Explain to us what that is. Sunday Sounds started basically before I even called it Sunday Sounds. It started when I when I brought these sound plates out. And I did a video of just the sound plates. That mm -hmm. was followed by a video of my 30-inch gun, which I've had since uh, 1978. Then after that... You said gong, right? After that... I, I managed to get this 32-inch gong, and I did a, I did a video on that, and and then mm -hmm. after that, I started to do a thing called Sunday Sounds, where I would, I would play the gongs, and the sound plates, and then I started playing drum beats along with it, and uh, that that kind of developed into where I actually started singing along with it too, and that's where I got the 988 views on the Sunday Sounds. That was based around Jungle Boogie, and Jungle Boogie was the video from the Muppets, because Animal hits the gong when he starts that song, and uh, I just thought that was great. So, uh, so that's that's what I did. And uh, this tomorrow is going to be uh... man, stop with the damn freaking toilet! You're really <laughs> pissing me off with that stuff. Oh my God. You're going to make me hit the thing just because what? that thing sounds like freaking crap. Oh you know, my gosh! <laughs> the the Sunday sounds for tomorrow is going to be Toto's Rosanna, and last oh, week's right Sunday on. sound last week's Sunday sounds was Casey and the Sunshine Band Shake Your Boogie, Shake Your Booty. <laughs> so this is uh, you know, thanks. That was that was tasteful. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I know you're going to dig the channel. Oh, man, I've got like, I think it's 795 subs now. And by tomorrow morning, I will have the half a million views. So, Holly wants to go. <laughs> half a million views. How many How many views is that technically? Uh, 500,000. It actually comes out to 504,000 with my calculations from today's sorts. But that's nothing compared to you, man. You got... You have uh, five million or something, right, Johnny? Um, I don't know. I Janice, how many views do we have on the on this channel? And beer hounds, thank you so much. Have an ice cream. I will have an ice cream. Thank you so much. Sounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is dark in no in Norman. Sounds good. Zodiac. <laughs> I don't think we have a moon tonight. Makes it hard to aim if you're shooting at people. Oh, you shouldn't say that, Robbie. Let me see. Sorry. I should say felons. <laughs> Thanks, guitar band. I hope you liked them. Uh, we're at over 5 million views. That's 5 million 508,558. Yeah, that's a lot of views, Johnny. Five million. So we're we're working towards six million views. And you guys can help us out by refreshing your browsers right now. Every refresh helps. <laughs> Where's the thing? 
So many of these things. There we go. Refresh your browsers, you guys. Help get us to, to the 6 million view mark. Or eventually 5 billion, like Mike Olson says. And do the refresh. You want to be at the freshest part of this show because we are doing a giveaway tonight. I haven't decided what. See that bag back there? That PV, PV uh, tote bag? This has a bunch of stuff from the, the recent uh, NAM convention. Oh, we got one of those again. Taylor Guitar Coaster. Maybe you guys can vote. I don't know. What are these? <laughs> we got all these things, which I can actually use. What's happening, R2? Whoa, whoops. R2, dude. Good to see you, man. I saw you earlier with uh, Joe Wentz, my old buddy Joe. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate that. Of course, there was two, so I'm not sure which one you're talking about. <laughs> uh, we have a whole bunch of guitar picks. Let's do let's do a few. Let's do a few giveaways. Here, we'll do a couple picks. We'll do this. Okay, we'll do this. We'll do picks together. We'll do one, two, three. We'll spin three times tonight, okay? I've got a few things here. Maybe Robbie will want to give his, his smaller gong away. Not going to happen, Johnny. But you're going to have a bigger gong soon, in like four days. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving away. Shipping killed me when I gave stuff away. I'm not going to do it. It hey, did change slightly because it went from blue to green, which is weird. CC, pew, pew, and refresh. CC, thank you for your support, man. Thank you for your support. And by the way, we actually have more support from before. Uh, Mike Neese is a, a new channel member. Welcome back, Mike Neese. We haven't seen you in like a year. Mike Neese was in my Twitch chat earlier. And uh, Mike Neese is a longtime viewer of these shows, as a lot of you guys know. And uh, Ron Gunner, thank you again for becoming a, a YouTube member. Get a gong plug in. What are you kidding me? Come on, Larry. You're cool, man. Ron. <laughs> I swear. Ron's a channel member. He can play that. All right. All right. So we're giving away tonight. We're going to we'll spin. OK, here we go. We'll give away a Taylor Guitar Coaster. This is official from Taylor Guitars. I see you in there. I see you peeking. There we go. Taylor Guitar Coaster. We're going to do one spin for that. We'll do another spin for two guitar picks. Uh, one's from Walrus. Walrus Audio. <laughs> Walrus. Walrus Audio. And... Uh, I know Walrus. <laughs> Something from Portland, Oregon. What does that say? I am the walrus. That's the printing of these pics are so small I can't even see them. Anyway, you'll win this one too. I think it says something bread. Made in Portland. So somebody's gonna get these pics here. Alright. And a Vola. Guitars keychain. 
that's where we actually met this guy uh, last uh, NAM show. You're watching Johnny Bean TV. I'm Ole England, the guy with the the face. I'm the live stream right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Ola England. Very not, very cool dude. All right, so we're giving that stuff away. So all you got to do is participate in the chat and spam the chat like Music Therapy Laz is doing right now. Spam the chat with numbers, letters, alphabets. Alphabets. Any of that stuff. Whatever you want. <laughs> Give it up, son. Never do it, never <laughs> Was that the oh, gong? His toilet again. <laughs> <laughs> he flushed his toilet again. Oh my god! Man, you pissed he me off. He flushed his toilet. <laughs> oh no! Don't get up, Robbie. Don't. I'll don't do it. So no. thirty. R.I.P. Headphone users. He ain't gonna, he ain't, he ain't gonna quit, is he? <laughs> Who did that wasn't that? me. That wasn't him. Okay. I had to use the bathroom. I'm, I'm good. I'm good now, though. All right. Yay! All right. So we're doing giveaways. So yeah, all you gotta do is participate in the chat. We got 64 people here. You guys are awesome. Don't forget to smash that thumbs up. We got 37 thumbs ups. This is very good. Very good. Um, hmm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> All right. What else? What else is happening? You guys, we're only we're an hour into. We have 11 more hours to go tonight. Um. Okay, uh, okay, okay. Larry. Thank you, Larry. By the way, Larry, I'm sending out your prize from last night. Uh it's actually it's actually sitting right there on the on the uh the table. See this right there? That that envelope. That's the prize you won last night. So I'm sending that out first thing Monday. 
Hmm. Did I mention that this is actually a podcast? So you guys actually just heard dead air on the Johnny Bean podcast. <laughs> Available on iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, we're on Lemonade, believe it or not, where I have like four followers. We're on Mastodon. <laughs> we're on Threads, where I have 430 followers instantly. It's amazing. Instagram, uh, X, uh, used to be called Twitter. Thank you, Dakota. There we go. Yep. TikTok. I'm trying to talk Robbie into going back to TikTok. I think he would do very well over there. Um, which, uh, which is true, Robbie. I think you would do very well over there if you just and stuck I with it. I was already there, and I tried it for seven months, man. Doing much better on YouTube. I've been on it for years. Years and years and years. Takes time. You can't just jump onto something and think, oh, you know, it's going to work and it's going to be great and and whatever. Seven months, Johnny. Seven months is not just jumping on it. Seven months is in the world of doing these shows. Seven months is nothing. I've been doing this show for eight years. This particular, well, this particular show here, I've been doing for five years. I know it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, they attacked my phone. They were screwed it up. I try to get off it. They will not let me go. They, they keep on hanging oh, you on. You don't get off on TikTok. That's the one thing you don't do. Thank you. Thank you, Zodiac. I appreciate it. Peggy does too. So did uh, Bagwell. I like it. You guys, you guys are cool, man. You know, if you don't like it, I guess you got that right. Yeah. Right on. Well, Zodiac heard it through the window. <laughs> he's actually a norman he actually robbie play it again play it as loud as you can we'll tell tell zodiac to go outside and see if he can actually hear you not gonna happen he's all the way on the other side of town it's norman oklahoma there's four people that live there well there's quite a few Johnny. there's 32 that actually sounds like a good poll thanks larry I appreciate you want that. Larry's cool, man. I, I, I uh, message with Norman a lot. Louder. So, guy outside can listen. Okay. How do you spell outside? T. No, I mean, you know, he's on the southeast side. That's pretty big. Then I'm in the central. Then you got the west side. Actually, square mile wise, Norman is quite big. I mean, they'll they'll uh, they'll 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 put a siren on. We're talking about Norman, tornado. Oklahoma. They'll put a siren on for a tornado, and it'll be like miles away. I mean, it's not even close. You know, you kind of you right. get used to it, though. You can tell by just being here in the chat. In the chat right now. Want Robbie to play gong louder so guy outside can listen. That's crazy. Everybody's voting. Look at these I'm not votes. I'm going to go outside and hit my guy at 11, 20 at night. It's not going to happen. No, you hit it inside. We want the guy outside to hear it. Well, thanks, Charlie. If you're watching Oh, he just here. told us where he is. 
Well, that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty general. That's an area over there. Mm-hmm. That's not. You're not going to go there and say, "Oh, here's his house." Make it happen. Okay. You know. Hey, listen. Oh, that's funny. W- would he hear the gong from from there? No. No. No, you you'd probably hear it next door. You probably hear it across the street. Of course, the lady next door likes it. When I did Sunday Sounds last weekend, she was like, uh, she texted me and said, "Keep playing," because I was just, you know, I was testing out the drums because I got to move them around a little, you know, to make sure they're in the right spots. And she was just like, "Oh, that's great, keep playing." I said, "Oh, I'm gonna do, uh, you know, uh, shake your booty," and she said, "Oh yeah, you know." So that was cool. All right. He, said, he says he'll oh, listen. Tom Lyle says he's gonna gonna sample it. You could use any of my recordings. Anyone can use anything that's on my channel and sample it, or play over it, or play the song themselves. Anything. That's what it. It's all open. There's no agenda here. There's no agenda whatsoever. What is WhatsApp, uh-huh. Johnny? The WhatsApp number is uh, this one, 415-952-3263. But yeah, seriously, uh, 28 people want you to play the gong so the guy outside can hear it. Yeah, CC, I don't look at my neighbor as being hot. I'm 61 years old. I'm not going to I'm not gonna mess with, with stuff like that. Thank you, Ryan Hall. Well, no, isn't it like like 90 degrees there today? Uh, right now, it's uh, I think it's down to ninety. Well, so then, techni- so technically, she is hot. We're at eighty-five degrees. Ooh, sky prop. Prop. Sky prop. Oh my gosh! Is I'll let you guys take us? it for a minute. You guys take it. I I have to I have to walk around for a second. Sky prop. Is he close to us? I know we're only like 50 minutes away. Tony, <laughs> godfather of heavy metal. Uh, you guys are cool. I appreciate it. Tony's good. I don't there. know, man. She she's nice looking and all. I just don't I don't look at her like that, man. You know. Tom Lyle wants to talk about losing weight. Hey, I should. With my arthritis, I cannot I cannot uh, exercise very well. I'm pushing it with what I do now. I'm in I'm in sore and a lot of pain from pushing it all the time, and I got to keep my blood sugar down too. So you know. Losing weight's a tough thing, Tom. Yeah. We got here. Oh, Hippie wants me to pick a song for tomorrow. My name is on the top of the header. My name is first. Lori's name is second. He wants it five minutes or so. If anybody's watched my channel, five minutes is a dream for me to do. So it's going to be longer. 
And I'd have to pick something out. Maybe I should do that now. So this is so ripping. 40, I ended up doing uh, 13 guitars in 10 days so far. Last 10 days. Well, well like what? Like with regards to what? Uh, setups, swapping out pickups for people, adjusting necks, uh, fret level, polish. I mean, the, the, the easiest one was a, a one, one pickup swap. That was it. Three of them were the new EVHs. Hmm. Yeah, that's therapeutic for me, bro. I love that's therapeutic for me. I go out of my workbench and I'm in my happy place. If <laughs> if I'm not at my workbench, I'm really not at my happy place. When I was at uh, when I was at Sir, we had to do twelve guitars a day. So, twelve was I think I think it was maybe it was maybe it was less than that. I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah, hey hey man, lucky you to be able to do that all day long. I'm doing. Uh, I'm uh, I'm managing um, I'm uh, selling cars. So yeah, but how, how many? I will tell you. I will tell you when I was working at Sir. You know, it's 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 interesting. That's a that's an interesting topic because I was in the Navy for 23, 23 years, and then I got out, and then I worked for the Navy for a year, and then I wanted to get out of the government work. So I went to go work for sir. And, um, everybody says I, I, I'm living my, I'm what's, what's the, I'm living my dream or it's fun that your passion is your, to have your job as your passion or something like that. Didn't mm -hmm. really work that way for me. Cause when I was working at sir, I didn't play guitars. I played guitars all day long. And then when I got off of work, I didn't want to play guitar anymore. So I found myself getting away from guitars. I was like, on guitars all day long and, you know, I was still gigging and stuff. But uh, as soon as I left, sir, I found myself playing by guitar more. <laughs> so, you know, so lucky you to be sitting there. And hey, maybe it's also like, you know, being your own boss is cool. That's cool, too. I, well, I, I'm, I assume I'm you're doing that full time. So is, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm retired. So this is the only thing I'm doing. Yeah. That's cool, and, man. And, and, hey, that's I, my game plan. And I, you know, I do it uh, I, for the last five years, been doing it for the Faith and Failure Band. And now other bands are coming around. And uh, and then I just got, you know, just from word of mouth, people coming around, knocking on doors, sending me a text or whatever, or getting hold of me on Facebook saying, hey, I need this, I need that, can you do it? And I said, sure. And I got found one guy who's an airbrush artist. And he's going to do the skull on the front of my oversized rectifier cab. And for that, I'm going to fix one of his guitars. He said, we're going to do it a, a, a even swap. I was like, that's that cool. sounds pretty good. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. So wait, so 40 grit, I have a, a question. So you said when you worked for, for the guitar company, you'd play guitars all day. When you came home, you didn't want to play anymore. No, I mean, like you but, do it all day long. But were you, would you say you were like, like a, I don't want to say a better guitar player, but were you like warmed up like all the time at that point? Like you, if you were playing all day, like if you would have picked up a guitar at home or if you had a gig that night, you'd be ready to go, huh? Well, the person who played the guitar most would be, was Noel because he was QC. 
So like the guitars would leave my bench and they would go to the QC booth and then he would play through them. Mm-hmm. He, he'd probably give him a good 15 minutes on each guitar and sit there and go through all the pickup settings and make sure everything was working and all that good stuff. I mean, I mm-hmm. would, uh, I, uh, if I got a cool guitar across my bench, one of my favorite guitars to play was the Guthrie. Um, there was a antique Guthrie when Guthrie was still with, uh, with us and they just played fantastic. And I always was excited when one of those came across my bench because it just played fantastic. And I would sit there and play forever. And, um, everybody kind of had their lick too. It was kind of funny. Like everybody in the shop had their own lick and, um, and my lick was the uh, beginning of uh, "It's Late" by Queen. Have you ever heard the the, the song "It's Late" by Queen? Mm-hmm. So there's a really cool, like, like clean intro of that song. And every time I would finish setting up a guitar, because you know the line went frets, it went to pleck, then it went to assembly, then it went to wiring, then it went to final, which was me and uh, Kenny Jin, who was a and then if there's any imperfections on the guitar, we had to fix whatever the problem was on the guitar, and then it went to QC. But uh, my lick was the uh, was It's Late, the intro to It's Late by Queen. So everybody knew when I finished the guitar because I would kick into that, and then, you know. And then we had a guy who sang really good, and uh, he would... Um, uh, I would play it, and then he would start singing it. It was, it was just hilarious. Scott... Uh, Scott was one of the uh, assemblers. He he sang fantastic. He's retired now. He's in an, um. He moved up in the mountains up by up in California. I forgot what that's called. Uh, Idlewild. He lives in Idlewild now. But yeah, I mean, super cool experience. But yes, long story short, yeah, I would play a. Mm-hmm. And he would sing. Somebody said just 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 play the Queen song, so I was just, I was strumming it. Um, so he would uh, so he would sing it, and it, it was uh, it was cool. So, but yeah, you get tired of playing. I mean, I I wouldn't. I went home. And I was like, the last thing I wanted to do was go in the guitar room and plug in a guitar because I've been playing all day, you know. And mm-hmm. then um, and then you start learning about the cool stuff that Sir had to offer and the pickups, and then I started dabbling in different pickups and that's when i really got educated i guess for you know you know with regards to what really sounded good with with regards what didn't sound that great anymore you know Mm -hmm. stuff i thought sounded good didn't really sound that good after you start playing around with john sir's stuff so because his stuff's pretty fantastic so hmm yeah it's great stuff what what do you think of bc rich what do you think of bc rich guitars now well in the 80s oh the bc rich guitars were cool man i thought they were super cool now they're all they're all like they're just they're like what made in korea made in china i think they're made in china now aren't they uh indonesia <coughs> yeah. yeah sorry I'm... when uh <coughs> okay that upset me this whole <coughs> import thing Sorry. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie, is your gong made in America? I believe it's made in Switzerland. Well, isn't that an import? It's Switzerland, John. <laughs> Which is imported to the U.S. 
Well, so is Japan from the SP in 1982. So That was 41 years ago, Robbie. Well, you know, they made them good back then. Mm-hmm. You know, what can I say? Mm-hmm. Weren't Nin- all guitars in the 80s good? Really? Uh, Not so much Westone. <laughs> well there was a lot of there was a lot of real custom jobs like you had Carvin, right? And Carvin had these big catalogs and all this beautiful stuff and it was expensive, but they went through and they showed you every little thing on them and all that. Well nobody could afford them. You know. And uh they didn't really kind of go very far, but they I've heard they were really good guitars. I was I was playing uh I was playing Gibsons in the early time and then I played uh you know the Isaacson guitar and uh the eighty five, you know. Mm-hmm. Sky, I had two of those. At eighty seven uh Poison was in Wheeling, West Virginia and I worked that show and it was I have to say very interesting because with them, you know, not that far away from where they were from, uh, they came out and gave all of us backstage passes to hand out for the girls. So that was the first time that, uh, you walk outside and just hold the pass up and you'd be surprised what was offered to you, what was done to you. Uh, and there was Three girls kept coming up to me like, will you tell Brett that we're here? We want to talk to him. I said, every girl here wants to talk to him. Like, well, we went to high school with him. So they gave me their names. So I go and I say, Brett, there's three girls outside from your old high school. And he's like, F them. They didn't want to talk to me then. I don't want to talk to them now. (laughs) But the, the cool part about it is CeCe's Yellow Mockingbird. I don't know who their tech was at the time, but, uh, I got to like kind of work on that with him for that, for that show which was pretty interesting. That it sounds cool, like, guitar, man. It, it was like a, uh, a canary yellow mockingbird. And mm-hmm. CeCe is really an underrated guitar player. He's actually very good. And he actually tried out for Striper before Oz Fox did and was in Striper for two days. You know, I got a cool... Um, I got a cool CC story, actually. There was a guitar here it is right here there was a guitar out here in phoenix uh it was a bizarre guitar it's a place called bizarre guitar here in phoenix and i used to come out here and visit and they were at a different location and it was kind of weird because uh um badlands didn't we talk about badlands before ron the bad band badlands with jakey lee do me a favor google google right now who the who the bass player is just uh, greg uh greg chase on I think it was. Um, oh, yeah. So hold on a second. This is a cool story. So I used to come out and visit my buddy who lived out here for a long, who's lived here for years. And this guitar hung in Bizarre Guitar. And I let's see if I can get it. And it was CC DeVille's. Go. Okay. That's a silver one? And No, it's Baby Blue. And it was, uh, it was a BC Rich, right? And it used to hang there. So I went into Bizarre, Bizarre Guitar not too long ago, and um, 
the bass player for Badlands now owns Bizarre Guitar, from what I understand. I think it's Greg Chason is his name. I think that's what his name is. And um, he owns Bizarre Guitar here in Phoenix, or he's one of the co-owners. And um, I walked in there, and I said, you know, there was a guitar store here in Phoenix that had CC's guitar. And he said, that was us. He said, we sold it back to CC. And I said, no kidding. I said, well, that's pretty crazy, you know, that he wanted it back. And he said, yeah. So then I have another friend who, owns a, who runs a guitar shop here in town. And I said, hey, you know, they said that CC bought that guitar back. He goes, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Because, uh, and then this guy contacted me on Facebook and said, hey, um, you're in Bizarre Guitar. And they said that uh, CC bought the guitar back. He goes, yeah. I, I said, yeah, he did. It was a famous actor and he was on Lost. He was one of the actors on Lost, and he said, no, <laughs> he said he doesn't have it. Oh, yeah, Johnny knows somebody that was on Lost. I, I, know, I know who you're talking about, yes. Uh, he, so, so it's a famous actor that was on Lost. He has that guitar, and he goes, CeCe doesn't have the guitar. I have it, and he sent me a bunch of pictures of it, and I go, well, that's cool that somebody still has it because uh, – and, and that guy, from what I understood, that guy had a pretty cool guitar collection. He sent me some other pictures too. So what's happening, Jimmy Ray? Right. I've I've I actually I spent the night at his house one time and I, oh, really? I saw a lot, yeah. So did yeah. you see that guitar? I don't know. He had a, a guitar <laughs> that was signed by Eddie Van Halen at one point. Actually Eddie had drawn all over it. That's the guitar that I saw. And then he ended up selling that guitar uh like a little while later. Um, what was it? Was uh, Pete Thorne, somebody's got Jimmy Ray Hawkins talking about Pete Thorne. I've uh, um, Pete Thorne's white strat. I worked on that guitar several times. He brought that in, and uh, my bo my boss, Mike Ponce, was a master builder at uh, Fender, and he was my boss. and He used to bring over guitars. I'd be at my bench, and he'd be like, Hey, Pete's here. Can you restring and set it up? And I'd be like, Yep, and uh. Uh, Pete spent a lot of time with John. Pete's got an ear. Pete Thorne is a beast, and he's got an ear, and John used him a lot with regards to amplifiers and pickups and, you know, so a lot of the custom audio stuff, yeah. I I just realized I actually have a set of his pickups. Uh, oh, the, somebody, uh, the Thorne buckers? Yes, I have a set. Of, somebody gave me them, and I've never used them. Hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe we'll do Sorry. a giveaway at some point for those. I have oh, them. They're, they're right up in there. Why don't you just give them to me? I'll trade you something for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that photo you bought from Dan's shop? Oh, that's not for sale. <laughs> you said trade. That's not, that's not for trade either. That's not for trade either? That's not for trade either. You saw the row of cash. You're not going to get it for a, ah! a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we saw the grip. That's just stupid. <laughs> you know who I got that from? I got that from, uh, you know, who I got that from, I got that from Norman's rare guitars, uh, Norm from Norman's rare guitars. Cause I really? think I told the story at, uh, orange guitar show. He used to stand what? at the front door and people would walk yeah. in with their guitars and he would have a wad of cash like this in his pocket. And he'd be like, what do you got? And he would open the case. He'd be like, I give you a thousand for it. Okay break it off and then give it to him. And there was just like an assembly line of people coming in the door. So I was like, you know what? From now on, when I go to guitar stores, I'm going to go in with a grip of cash. 
Oh my goodness. That uh that same night with Poison when they went on, they had Wheeling did not have the automatic curtains at that time. And we're talking mm-hmm. the big curtains that are 30, 40 feet high before the show. So, so they're on stage and then somebody realized that there was no way to open the curtains. So I got I was on one side by the bass player, Bobby guy on the other side so when they got ready to start i'm standing there with him bobby goes make sure you get a good pull on that well i pulled it and they fell to the floor (laughs) and he took off to jump and tripped over so the very first thing in the show he falls face first on his green warlock base (laughs) and i'm standing there on stage trying to roll up this big curtain and help him up it's like oh man everybody in the crowd's like what the hell (laughs) <laughs> it was it, there there was some interesting stuff and backstage like i did a bunch of the, the well at that time it was a wwf wrestling that was interesting that was wow. very interesting i was it was the match the matches already started and i was sitting on the steps behind you know in the back of the civic arena and uh What's his name? Uh, what was the money guy? Uh, Ted DiBiase. I'm just sitting on the steps, and he walks up, walks past me, stops, turns around, comes back, and goes, hard ass? I'm like, what? He goes, hard ass? You think you're hard ass? I'm like, what did I even say? Now, I you know, I'm six, I was 6'1". He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I didn't realize that until I stood up. And, <laughs> and he's like, you think you're a hard ass. And I'm like, no, but if you want to go out in the ring, we'll go. I said, but with me, it ain't going to be fake, buddy. <laughs> he just started <laughs> laughing. He handed me a hundred dollar bill. I was like, okay. Hey, <laughs> what was his handle? The million dollar man. Was it? Yeah, it was the million, million dollar, dollar man. man Ted Ted yeah. yeah. I used to watch that the, stuff religiously. Bro. The, the warrior was freaking insane. I mean, he bust through the double doors. I thought he knocked him off the damn hinges. Uh, one guy yeah. sitting there goes, goes, he's got to be on coke before he runs out there like that. And I'm like, ah, I have no idea, but I know I didn't want to mess with him. But that was when there was earthquake and tugboat and uh, the sheik, the iron sheik. They were all there. Uh, we, actually I saw him help. one time. I saw Did him you? at a at a convention. The iron sheik. I have I have footage. Meeting when you, that guy. When yeah. you when you see them guys after the match. Walk through to the showers. Trust me, you don't want to see earthquake and tugboat. Like <laughs> I don't want to see any of them walk through the showers. <laughs> but uh, we had to help Andre on Ready Giant. We had to literally, he had like a love seat in the room, which is what he sat on. It took four or five of us to help him up. We got him into a scissor lift. Then he rode him down to the ring that way, and he just stepped over and did a few moves and lost the match, come back. That was like not very long before he died. It was sad oh to see gosh. him in that that bad of shape. And when I so, grabbed that man's hand to help him out of the chair, his freaking thumb was the size of all four of my fingers. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ! He his grabbed the was, beer when he grabbed like the beer. Thumb. Yeah, when he grabbed the beer, a regular can of beer, it was like that in his hand. It was like it was it, like this. It, it was like it, it was never, like this. It Wait, never it went. Like this. It never went past the palm of his hand. Wait a minute. This is like him grabbing a beer. Yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> I have never, I mean, he oh was just, God. he was a freaking giant. 
but he was so bad. I mean, they pumped him with like cortisone shots and all kind of painkillers like an hour before his match would start. And we literally had to help him up out of this special made love seat, get him in that. They ran him down there. He did very, the match lasted maybe seven minutes, come back. And then we had to get it lift, you know, help him out of that scissor lift and back into that love seat. I mean, literally had to help him. He couldn't even do it. Oh but how gosh. he even did, you know, that was like one of the last matches he ever did, too. That was, it was just sad to see him in that shape. But, man, and, and it, you know, that's that stuff is so fake, it's unbelievable. Because if it was real, there wouldn't have been anybody that could touch him. He had so much strength that it was unreal. I mean, he, and, and even, even, even in the fake part of it, when, they, when it came to him, he is the one decided if he won or lost. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, what's his name? The owner. So how does that work though? I mean, all wrestling's fake, right? It's completely, they, they were downstairs or in, in the back of the arena, eating lunch, playing Euchre with each other. It's all these guys that hated each other. going to tear each other apart outside, but down here they're playing Euchre and laughing and, and all kinds of they're, stuff. They're, they're actors really. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but they yeah. are they are some of the most conditioned people to be able to pull that off without actually hurting somebody. See, well, I got, some, I got something to say here. In 1976, I met I met Captain Lou Albano. Okay. There you go. In Howell, New Jersey, and his entire forehead was was freaking plastic. I mean, pieces were falling off of it. So I don't know what it came to after him, but back when he was doing it, he was getting a crap beat out of him. And that wasn't faked. You don't have to have freaking plaster on your forehead. That was well, 76. What, well, was wrestling What's always not, fake, though? Maybe it was real well, at one what, point, and then it became well, what, fake. No, what they did then is they had, uh, like, in their pants, they had, like, like it's kind of like razor blades. And they would literally cut their forehead because you know oh, a little God. cut, a little, a little cut on your head will bleed like crazy. Any cut on your face, well, will no bleed cut. Like crazy. These are pieces, chunks of his well, uh, 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 was gone. But they, you know? but they did that. Nineteen seventy-six. Nineteen seventy-six. You're talking eighties. I'm, I'm talking seventies. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking eighty-six through ninety-three is when I worked for him. You know, and that Lou was Albano. That was, that was in the seventies. 1976, and I think his career was was over by then, and he was doing promotions. But yeah, man. So but George I mean, Animal Steel was the same way. He was his his whole forehead and everything was all chewed up. You know that's where Robbie yeah. got his name, the Animal, from George the Animal Steel. That's where he gets he the. Knows. That's where he got the name from, because on one of these shows he he reenacted being. That he did a, a, a skit on here, and he oh, played yeah. George the Animal Steel. There you go. It was I suggested. That. It was suggested <laughs> by. It was suggested by Metalhead Hippie. Metalhead Hippie said that I I look kind of like George Animal Steel, so I went with the skit. You know, he suggested it, and I did that. But these, you know, these guys were. Uh, there was a tag team. Uh, Oh, I can't think their name. Had Hawk and Animal. I can't think what their tag team name. Demolition. Those guys before the match, they literally had 500 pounds on a bar, 
and they would do 10 reps of 500 pounds and go out and wrestle. So they were all that way. They'd be all, I mean, you could tell those guys were on steroids then big time, but it ah. was just, it, it was so fun. Now that, of course that was the eighties. So they had a grease board in the back room and you know, where everything was planned and they had every match, how long the match was going to be, who was going to win, how many times they were going to hit the ground and act like they were going to lose. I thought, son of a bitch, I got there and just start betting all these idiots out here that believe this is all real and start making all kind of big money. <laughs> but that, that's how scripted it was. It was really that. I mean, it, like Hogan, Hogan and Macho Man wrestled one night when I was there. And it was like, you know, Hogan was going to go down three times and, and do the arm shake and come back up, shake his leg and get the crowd going. It was three times that was going to happen before he'd win. It was all, it was scripted to within about 20 seconds. It was actually pretty interesting, but yeah, it yeah. was just how they how they were behind stage. You know, even even the rock shows. You know, you go back there, and you you see. Well, like I said the the other time about the one blonde haired guy that had the bad attitude, the lead singer. Uh, it was just weird to see. And with with Badlands, this was Forty was talking about earlier. You know, I went out and I played Jakey's guitar. And, we, I, I'm on stage playing Bark at the Moon with the rest of Badlands playing it and Ray Gillen singing. And then Jake comes back, said, the car sounds great, but you played it wrong. <laughs> and he started <laughs> laughing. He goes, but don't worry. He said, Zach plays it wrong, too. So but then oh. but the best part was, you know, spending like three or four hours with Jake and Ray on their tour bus, just playing anything and everything we could think of. It you know that's stuff like that is to me is is memories I'll never lose. It's you know it's priceless. It just and here's some of the stories and I heard why why Jake doesn't like Sharon, which I can't say. <laughs> uh, oh come a on, lot, there's a lot to that. A lot a lot more than a lot of people. He won't even talk about it anymore. Well, he wrote a bunch of stuff. He wrote a bunch of stuff that she just plain old stole. I mean. Well, it, there wasn't Bark anything the like Ozzy wasn't writing anything. It, it was no. all written by the drummer, the bass player, and the guitar player. He didn't have anything on it. even lyrics. I mean, it was just like you know. Yeah. Hey, look, Daisy I love the, the lyrics. I love the I love the the music. You know, I don't mind. I don't mind Jeff Wheatland's playing at all. I think he plays really great. You know, uh, he's came a long way since when I used to jam with him. But you know, shoot. It he was, was just in awesome. Pittsburgh last night with Pantera. Yeah, it's all. It's no, all, but I mean, all. you know, it it's it would well, like Jake was throwing. You know, he threw a fit. He's like, you know, I actually he had Bark at the Moon before he even joined Aussie. That's just it wasn't named, but the riff was there. And you know, and then he doesn't have any credit for it whatsoever. You know, Sharon. Oh no, no, everything. it's a total ripoff. All those guys yeah. to this day they don't have they don't have Jack Squat off of any of those songs. You know. As much as I enjoy them, and I do, and I don't like a lot of music. I got to tell you, I, I'm really not into a lot of stuff. But you know, Randy Rhodes on those first two albums, I thought that was phenomenal, and I liked a lot of Jakey Lee stuff. And I dig what I dig what uh, you know I dig what Weedland did too. But uh, yeah, well, it was what... it was pretty hump, humpback and crooked there. And oh. and you would think there would be more respect for Randy Rhodes. Because he basically saved uh, Sharon and, and Ozzy from getting killed 
by that son of a bitch that flew that plane into the house. You know, he yeah. grabbed that stick and, and that made that plane miss. You know, or what it went right into that bus. So Really? Oh yeah. yeah. There's how, does Bob how do they know that? There were people uh, that saw the inside of the plane as it came down toward the toward right at the Bob bus. Daisley. And he jumped not, up, he jumped Bob over Daisley. there and grabbed the stick out of that son of a bitch's hand and steered the plane to crash it. Who who was the keyboard player? I don't know. I can't th I can't think of his name. The keyboard This player is actually breaking news. I've never heard that story. That somebody really? saw inside the plane and they saw them yeah, move the, the joystick. The yeah. the keyboard player, like on the does Mr. Crowley, the the that guy. Uh -huh. I can't think of his name. He was outside watching the whole thing happen, and he saw he even him and the uh, drummer Tommy Aldrich, both of them, said they both saw Randy and the pilot like fighting. And then oh, Randy, see, yeah, yeah. Uh, the pilot Bushkoff says a photographer saw it also. Yeah, there's several accounts of this. Don Airy, that's it. Yeah, Don Airy and, and Tommy Aldridge saw that. You know. Now, but, I you know, mean, every, every, you got to go give Ozzy some credit for keeping going after all this. I mean, most people would have just said, you know, all right, enough already. You know, It was just like three or four days later, he was on the David Letterman show. That video and David Letterman says something yeah, about that, that. about yeah. Randy dying. It was just like three or four days after it happened. I know. But right. what a lot of people don't realize, they're like, "Oh, Randy was 25. Randy had only been 25 for three months. He actually wrote Blizzard of Oz and Diary when he was 22 years old. 22 to 23. Now think of what I mean. Look at. I heard an interview and in this. I'm not going to say I don't like Edward, because I do. I think Edward was one of the greatest. The one thing I did not like, I saw an interview with him. He said, they asked him about Randy. He said, well, that kid learned everything from me. And you, there's a, a girl who was, in, who was the Quiet Riot, uh, president of the Quiet Riot fan club. And she got a lot of video of Quiet Riot on, you know, playing. And through a bunch of videos, you look you'll see David Lee Roth and Eddie standing on the side watching Randy play. He but was, they, said they Randy, always went, they always went yeah, to really? see him play. Yeah. Uh, but Randy you know? never saw, Rand, Randy never saw Eddie play until the night they both played at the, what was that? The, the Coliseum Whiskey. thing. Edward no, 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 no. Edward it was a big thing. It was right after they got hired. Edward got and Randy knew each other. They were friends. All this stuff about their fighting was crap. That wasn't true at all. All his interviews and stuff they said about each other, that was just hype. That wasn't that wasn't true at all. You know? Because even well, even Randy's brother Kelly said that, you know, Randy never really went to watch Eddie play. He knew, you know, that when they played parties and stuff, because that was the big thing to do then. Was the you know, people would throw big parties. And I think another mm -hmm. important thing to mention here is that Edward was already leaving Ozzy's band before that accident. Randy. Randy. Right, Randy. Randy was already leaving Ozzy before the plane crash. He was already out of there. You know, he was he, going to finish that tour and record the next album. Then he was done. He was going to go to you know, so, I mean, that's uh, UCLA for classical music. Matter yeah. of fact, the day the, the plane crashed, his mom, Dolores, the day before the plane crash, 
she was at the college signing him up for that. And her, I hmm. actually talked to her because my son, we named our son after Randy. Because, because there's a long story behind that, but because in the 80s, there was nothing of Randy Rhodes out there. You know, nothing. You, you know, MTV didn't have that much. And there was, uh, and my, who's now my brother-in-law, he was a little kid then. And he was recording a bunch of uh, the metal show on on MTV, like after school. And he come and got me one day. He said, hey, there's Randy Rhodes live. And I'm like, where is it? Where is the tape? You know, because anything I could find of Randy back then, I wanted. And he's like, well, my sister's got it. Well, that night through that, it's now we've been together 37 years. So Randy, because of Randy, we got together. So we named our son after him. And I talked to Mrs. Rhodes two or three times about that. She thought that was the greatest story in the world. She, yeah, it, it was, it was interesting uh, to learn the stuff from, from his brother, Kelly, his sister. Uh, and it just, it just gets me because like, if you listen to Diary of Madman or uh, Mother Revelation, Mother Earth, if you listen to the complexity of his music and then realize he was only 22 or 23 and 23, just think what died within him. And that's something else Tommy Audrey said. When Randy told Ozzy that he was leaving, he was going to finish the tour and the next album, then he was done. Tommy said Ozzy punched him right in the face, which was the day before he died or two days before he died. Oh, wow. What an asshole. Do you, how do you think that would have changed... Uh... Ozzy's music or like hard rock music by that point, if Randy had lived and, and I, gone you on. Know, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. Rand, Randy brought the classical into it. I mean, like I said, just really go back and just listen to I mean, not just crazy train, but would the, you the interest in intricacy? I can't say that word of his intricacy. There you go. Right. Of his structure and all that stuff was just, I'm, I'll, I'll admit, I'm not a, a huge Ozzy fan. I like some of his stuff, whatever. But would you say the guitar players that came along after Randy were basically like kind of like clones of Randy? Like, because no. they would have to play his stuff. Yeah. But did one of them come along and take it to the next level after that? Or was there a couple in there where they just kind of played the stuff? Or did they make <laughs> it their own? They. Well, what happened, and Jakey Lee found this out at the US Festival. When he, I forget what song it was he played, and he did the solo pretty much, but he added some of his own stuff to the solo, and people mm -hmm. just ripped him for it. That, and, was, you know, over it was, like, that was over the mountain. Was it? Okay, I knew it was one. And, and people just tore him a new ass over that because it was like, and I was one of them. You're going to play Randy stuff, you play it like Randy. If you can't, then don't even play it. That's, you know, how I think a lot it's of interesting, though. I think it's interesting in Quiet Riot. He was a blues player, man, straight through. That was totally, he was totally a blues player. Back then. If you look, you look on YouTube now, there's people who have Quiet Riot, like an hour and a half concert of them at like the Whiskey and the Troubadour with Randy playing and doing his, his guitar solo and everything. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, you know, I heard some of one of those. It, I was know, just by the Troubadour. Jeff Wheatland, Jeff Wheatland had to learn what Randy played, but 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 uh, Jeff was a pentatonic player. So you see, anything that wasn't wasn't Randy 
was all Panatonic stuff fr from Jeff at that point. But I think he did he did uh, a good job on those songs, though. Yeah, they did. And, but you know, and it's kind of now when Zach does Randy stuff now, he adds his stuff into it. You know, now it's like you know all the the Randy fans at that time were all in our fifties. And now mm. it's kind of like, well, you know, it's not that fresh in our mind. We, you know, you could do, but Jake was the one that took the brunt of that. I mean, but, he tried it, and, and and then we just ripped him for it. But you know, and I even right. told, matter of fact, when I was in the bus with him for that, I I I said I have to apologize to you, and he's like, look at me like, okay, so you played Bark at the Moon <laughs> wrong. I'm like, no, 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 no. I said I have to apologize to you because because when I heard you do your own stuff to Randy's stuff, I wanted to beat your ass. And he just started oh, laughing. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but no, I mean that's just he took the brunt of that, and I and that's another reason why I don't think he was in there that long. Do you think that's why those guys didn't get credit for like writing those songs or? No, or that was all Sharon. No, that was Sharon. You you do not want Sharon against you because your life will be hell from that point on. She has that kind of pool, and I mean, she can pull stuff off that you never would believe. Well, it all comes from her father. Her father was like a major, uh, yeah, you know, producer and you know, money man. You know, basically shyster and stuff. That's where she learned all her stuff. Oh, hey, you did, did you guys know that uh, before Ozzy was with Sharon, Randy was. I heard that. I, 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 I don't know. So I think uh, Ozzy resented that too. But yeah, it, it was just Jake took the brunt of that because, you know, Brad Gillis was offered the job because he finished the tour and did a great job. But Brad played it like Randy. Uh, he, he, I saw interviews with him where he said he didn't have the time really to sit and learn it like he would would have wanted to. Uh, so he learned it on the go. And then at that time, Rudy would help him saying, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. So then he, then they offered him the job. You just went and he that's when Night Ranger just got signed. He's like, no, I'd rather go with uh, with my band and see what we can do. And then the Aussie was Warren Martini was was offered for it. There you go. And then Jake and didn't Warren <laughs> 40 didn't Jake and uh, Warren like live in an apartment together or something. Yeah, that's that. That's the word. Okay. So yeah, but yeah, but whoever whoever was going to, I mean, Jake would sit there at, on stage and look at the crowd, and they're holding up signs saying "Go to hell, we want Randy back." And he's like, "The guy's dead. He can't come." Oh my it's gosh! Like I, it's not like I I I got I replaced him out of the band. He's dead. But that's the, that's the hatred that Jake went through. And I got to admit, I was part of that. I mean, I was a big, you know, Ace Freely's the one that got me started, wanted to be guitar, not so much for the playing, just the fact that, you know, the big stage show, standing up there and being famous. But mm -hmm. when I heard Randy play, that's when I was like, holy shit, I got to learn how to play guitar. I mean, I took So Ran Ran Randy's your dude? Yes. I mean, you that's seem why. to know a lot. You seem to know a lot about him, so, yeah. Uh, uh, quite a bit. Quite, yeah. Uh, probably as much about him as you do Eddie. So what's that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's pretty cool. Uh, you know, and that's, 
and what gets me is I was there one night when he was playing at the whiskey and I did not go. It was quite right, but I didn't go. I was, I was in Hollywood and did not go. And I, now I regret that. Oh, wow. But yeah, he, you know, it's just, and, and for the longest time, I didn't get along with Eddie fans. Because I got sick of hearing a comparison, how Eddie's the greatest and Randy. That's why we're separated, Ron. Yeah, (laughs) we got some blocks between us right here. Actually, no, but you know what it was, and I'll believe me, I I'll give Eddie credit. Eddie was, he was, but you can't. It's it's like apples to oranges. It's two different styles, you know. Mm -hmm. And that the thing is, the thing is, you can't compare. Well, let's just let's take Eddie and 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 Randy or or yeah. you can't. Well, I mean, you, you just said I'm the Eddie guy. You can't compare Eddie to anybody. Eddie is totally no. unique, yeah. and and you know you you had a bunch of clones after that, and you still do. But but you know a guy like a guy like like Randy. See, like I said, I I wasn't a, a you know I I didn't um I'm not like a huge you know Aussie freak or whatever, so I don't know a lot of this backstory stuff. So that's why I asked the question, you know, when Randy, after him, the other guys were they basically told, oh, you got to play like Randy did, or or whatever. Well, you know, you know I like know. I said, Brad Gillis more or less said he, you know, he wanted to do it that way because that's he finished the tour. You know, it was like mm-hmm. and it was just like seven days later, they canceled only canceled like two or three shows, so he only mm-hmm. had that amount of time. So he wanted to do it just like Randy did. And, you know, people were still. You know, I, well, that that soon into it, they were still in disbelief that Randy was gone. You know, that was that was a thing. So so Brad learned it and played it the right way. And mm-hmm. and then was OK with it. You know, everybody was OK with it. But when Jake came in. You know, and when he when he started adding his own little touches to Randy's stuff, that's just that's when the the can of whoop ass opened up. <laughs> and it's just it was just mm-hmm. the diehard fans. I mean, that'd be like it'd be like you, you know, someone just picking on Eddie, you know, for whatever reason, or someone trying to play Eddie's stuff and add their own stuff to it, and then have people say, "No, we're better than Eddie." You know, you you wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> Yeah. So you got people out there that are saying that they can sing better than Elvis because Elvis is dead and they are not. Okay. I mean, come on, right? So you could squawk like a you know a, a honey badger and you're better I than mean, Elvis because you're still alive. You know. Are they people that are that are trying to be like Elvis though? See, that's no, the thing. No, though. they're just people that hate everything. You know. I mean, I didn't. Everything well, after I, I was, 1982. I, you know, I, I started playing. Yeah, well, you go ahead and make fun of me. Stop it, Ron. Um, yeah, you can go ahead and make make fun of me and stuff. I mean, you know, go ahead. You know, I built some. I was protecting, backing you on that, Robbie. Yeah. But look, he I said it. I said, "No, no, you didn't." <laughs> I was uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Page. That's, and that's that's yeah. That's what and I, those are two great guys, but two completely different styles. You know, but that's that that's who I was. Uh, I actually had I the playing. the last argument I had was you know probably six or so years ago with with an Eddie fan, true you know die. 
Oh, he's I, like, I got to yeah, hear this. He, he goes, well, yeah. But his, his final comment was, yeah, but look what all Eddie's done. I said, Eddie's still alive. Randy's been dead since 82. Obviously, Eddie's going to do a hell of a lot more. And wasn't, Ozzy, wasn't that Randy's, him. like, very first, like, like mega uh, yeah, gig? Yeah, right. Quiet Riot couldn't get signed. No, no, Quiet Riot wasn't big at all. But I'm telling you what, every Quiet Riot was still like playing the clubs by then. Every time they had a chance, Eddie went down there to see Randy play all the time. But what happened? The guys were were pretty tight. It, it, the sad part was, I mean, even the the fan base for Quiet Riot, they staged a thing at all the record companies in California that they were all going to be there a certain time. All, all day long, like four of them, and demand that they sign Quiet Riot. And that's why Randy ended up going to Ozzy because Ozzy was already signed. I like and Sky then, Prop's question. He wants to know what's the quintessential Randy Rhodes song for a one-time listener. I would probably go with Over the Mountain myself. There's four of them. There's four of them that are just totally outstanding that he did in those two albums. And I would pick Over the Mountain. Ron? Uh, I would just, well, that's, that's, that, <laughs> I would say uh, Diary of a Madman should be the first one you hear. I mean, all the, obviously it's, it's, uh, you know, crazy train and all that, but Diary, I mean, Diary is just, there's a video here on YouTube of a, of a, classical uh conductor breaking that song down and he was like just amazed with the structure and 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 how randy put it all together he was just blown away by it and then he's like then i just realized the guy was only 22 years old and that's that that's my point just think of what died within him and that's what that 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 the, the argument was you know look what all eddie's done i said yeah eddie's lived you know Another 30-some years longer than Randy. Obviously, he's going to do more. Well, I think you have to compare what he did back then. I mean, for me, and it was, and it was two different stuff. styles. It was all the Most of Van Halen was written in 78, 77, some in 76. Johnny knows all this. He's got some original recordings. And they kept on, you know, <laughs> picking stuff out for the albums. And I love all that stuff. You know, and a lot of bands did that. I mean, uh, this is one of the things about Edward that stands out to me is because be, after after all the stuff and he went with Sammy and everything else, he wrote that song, 5150. And that is outstanding. All right? That's outstanding. There's not many people that were able to do that. It was like Jim Morrison wrote everything before the doors he had it all written way before they weren't like writing new stuff they had it all written already you know but then you know toward the end he writes la woman writers on a storm the whole like that pretty much the whole album was all new not a lot of people are able to do that they're not able to do something new and uh so i give i give edward a lot of respect for that you know, of course, he was still alive at that point. All right, I'll give uh, I'll give you that. But uh, you know, to to write what I would consider one of his like masterpieces, 
after the fact that all those ones that, that, that were written way, way back that were so intense and had so much power to them, uh, you know, that, that to me, that's a, that's a, a, a big uh, accomplishment because a lot of people, especially if they, you know, get famous and all that, and they just rest on their laurels and, you know, he was able to like break out of that. You know, so someone sent me a text. This, by the way, this is me in 1988 at a metal festival with my ESP 1987 ESP M1 custom, which I wish to God I still had. That was a metal festival we've we played. Oh, Chris, I, I said the song 5150 was the one that, uh, that impressed me that Edward did. That you know was way was after, you know, because just about everything else was was already written at that time. There's exceptions. Johnny will tell you. Jamie's crying. They whipped that out in the, in the studio, you know. So there are exceptions. How'd you know that? I don't know. Maybe we're hanging around with you too much. <laughs> but see, uh -huh. that that is. Well, the, the, the deal with Randy, that's my, like, you're with Kramer, you're big, that's my Jackson thing, because Randy is actually the one that told Grover, just put Jackson on it. So you could say Randy actually formed Jackson Guitars. Well, that's the old story, where they were in a restaurant or the diner, and, you know, Randy takes up on a napkin, and he draws the shape of the... Offset V, he, yeah, that's where it started. Because he, he just just drove or just flew home from Aussies from rehearsal in the Concorde, and that's why he had that kind of shape from that plane. That was his idea. But but it was hmm. you know when 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 they built that first guitar, Grover didn't want to put Charvel on it because he didn't think the guitar was going to sell. And he didn't you know, he now whether or not he saved Charvel like he says he did because he got it off of Wayne, I don't know if he saved it or not, but. He finally had it making money and he was afraid to put Charvel logo on it. So Randy said, just put Jackson, make it a Jackson guitar. And that's what, and he had the first three, the fourth one they were working on when he died, uh, which was a gold one. Every, each one was upgraded from the, the white Concord. Once you got to like the 15th fret, it was hard to play any fret lower than that or higher than that. Well, um, you know, Jackson Jackson bought the name from Charvel in like '77, so there never yeah. really was a Charvel guitar. It was always well, made from Jackson. Well, still, you know? I mean, the name though he he was afraid to put the right. Charvel that name. On. They bought from, yeah. Well, he actually he took the name because Charvel couldn't pay him for the tooling for a mill machine that he bought from him. So yeah, he he kind of he he kind of took advantage of of Wayne there. And the, yeah. the the fourth the fourth guitar was a gold one, and each one had all the upgrades. Like I said, the white one, the very first one, once you got to the fifteenth, sixteenth fret, it was hard to play because of the way the V came up the neck. So the black one was the next one. You notice it was cut down more, more of a defined shape, and then you go down from that. But the fourth one was the gold one. There you go. And so the like that? it was something like yeah. And the original one, the actual fourth one, Vinnie Vincent ended up buying it and used it in Kiss. 
which that kind of pissed a lot of Rhodes fans off. We thought that should have went to the family. But and if you mm. look at the, if you look at Randy's Jacksons, it doesn't have this Jackson logo on it now. It was actually hand painted by Grover. Still got a beef with Grover. Uh, I'll never forget. Uh, well, and I yeah I understand that, but I mean that, I still that's, have a beef with Bert. But that that is that's you know my connection with Jackson and Charvel guitars is through Randy, just like Eddie and Kramer for you guys. So and hey, you know, I do that. I have well, they're in storage, but I have I have some uh, I have the Circles guitar like Forty's got there above his head. Oh, you you have one of those? Yeah, it's in storage. Oh, we need to, we need to talk, man. <laughs> I used to have one of those, and I wish I still had it. What, but what'd look, you pay for yours. I got mine used. Uh, this was like seven years ago. Uh, I got it used for like um, seven hundred. You see what they're going for on Reverb now? No. <laughs> Thirty-five, thirty-five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! Holy crap! Oh. My, well, mine's the the art series. But no, I mean, you know, I have, I I know, I I like Eddie. I do. I really do, but Randy, you know, you, my are, God. you know, you know, the art series is Fender. You do, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. They didn't make an art series circles. You mean the stripe series? Yeah, no, I, I mean, the, I have, I have. Charvel was bought by Fender in in two thousand and two. Those guitars came out in two thousand and four. My question is, how do you reach these frets here? Yeah, that looks different. That that yeah, that was the issue. That's why the next ones were <laughs> cut down more. How do you do if that? You, if you look are those at even pick, played? And the neck on that, and then the, the uh, configuration of the knobs and everything was a copy of his Les Paul, because that 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 blonde color Les Paul is what he was used to playing. Oh, like I, here, yeah. it's it's like further yeah, down. Look, you, yeah, you can look touch at the, that there. Yeah, I look thought, at the black I, thought one. Art, I thought Art Series did make a circles. Yeah, they did. No. Mine, what? Mine, a yeah. production? No. No, the 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 art I'm series cool. only they only did black and did. black and yellow, red, black and white, and and black and white. The circles was a, a stripe series. Okay, okay. Well, I, I have the same thing. He's got forty got above his head there, but uh, yeah, if you look at that like that black and gold one, Johnny, you'll see how much easier it is to get down there now compared to the original. Oh, there's nothing there. Yeah. yeah, actually, Dakota, it was before '97. That's when. Gibson started to try to make something out of the Kramer name, but they they uh, they had bought they had bought Kramer shoot after the fire sale and Vaccaro tried to make aluminum neck guitars and he needed the money and he sold them to Gibson. So I'd say that that sale probably went through in ninety two ninety three. I would say they just didn't do anything with it for years. Now, yeah. now, Johnny, mm -hmm. don't hate me. Eddie's in my top five. He's number four. He's in my top okay. five. Okay. Don't hate me. Now, please don't stop sending me links every Saturday afternoon. <laughs> but at, you know, my favorite's Randy. Peggy, you want to jump on here with us? <laughs> well, Lewis is saying about the Sandoval <laughs> guitar, and, and he said that, uh, that Randy couldn't keep it in tune, but... <laughs> Randy wanted the action so high on that you couldn't intonate it, you know. So 
That's you know that it was I the way he I, wanted it. I have one hanging on the wall and I don't even touch it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's still in the top five. He's number four. <laughs> Oh, and, I don't know about that. Got, man. He's in my top I, one. Well, I understand that. <laughs> I, no, I well. You're okay. gonna put like D Martini over him or something. <laughs> no, you know? no, no, I mean, no, 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 no. He's gonna put himself over that. No, 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 no. I'd never do that. If he puts Robbie over that, then that's a different story, though. Huh? <laughs> Keep me out of this. <laughs> my, my my top three number one is randy that's always will be well you gotta go three to one don't tell us the good one first and then well wait a minute the two and three switch back and forth oh we're going bad we're going from good to bad so yeah so it's it, okay two and three in it and they switch back and forth is between george lynch and dime so well, he's, the, he's, he's got some pretty good names there I don't think Lynch Eddie, was better than Eddie. Seen. No, no, I, I don't think Lynch was better, better. Than Eddie. I'm just, I'm just I mean, saying, I, seen, I like that. Yeah, I, I I'm, knew, I knew Lynch at the factory. I, one of my friends goes down there and jams with the guy. I think he's gotten better now, and he's still alive, so he's got that going for him. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, uh, I'm not. No, Robbie, don't get me wrong. It's hard I'm not to say Dime, better than Eddie. With Dime, it's like you know he's dead too. He was phenomenal, also. You know. Okay, let, let's as far as innovation way. goes, as far as innovation goes, I would say Eddie's got them all beat. Exactly. Eddie redesigned and the guitar. I, I admit that. I admit that. You know, I mean, uh-huh. I think that Dime kind of went in a weird direction with all the solid state stuff, but he could still rip, no doubt. I've got respect for him. And as far as George didn't really have any innovation at all. I I liked his style. He said oh, when he started. A, well, when he started. That's Forty's said, favorite. When he started no, a more. solo, he would see all he said is you could do anything you want as long as you edit it on the root note. So I like that. It was a, it was all kind of free for all go for it, and I like that. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I George, I think George is a great guitarist too, but I, I don't think I'd put him over Edward. Well, I'm uh, hey, Sky Drop, yeah, Hendrix and Jimmy Page. I'm not. I'm not saying he was better. Then I'm just saying my favorites, and it has a lot to do with the type music. Yeah, favorites like are different have, than. Yeah, that there uh, is no you know, better. But but now here's an interesting thing. A guy asked me the other day. He said, "Give me your top three on Floyd Roses." I said, "Well, number one's Eddie, obviously. Number two's Dime, and number three would be uh, Brad Gillis." Hmm. <laughs> George didn't get Randy's spot because George's hair wasn't long enough because he was flipping freaking burgers and he couldn't have long hair. That's another Sharon thing. It wasn't who could play better. Although although George did take over Randy's students when Randy went to England with Ozzy. A lot of people don't know that. That was pretty big shoe. Even though Randy had a size seven foot, that was big shoes to fill george going in there george and taking Lynch. his students george, right. yeah, george took over randy's students at so that at means there, there's school. there's people out there that play the guitar that took lessons from both from george both lynch and randy yeah. rhodes yes randy was we gotta find one of those guys one of those people and randy randy had the 
the record for like a hundred and some students at it hit at that school. He he had like the most guitar students out of all of LA. I didn't know that Dime changed the tubes later on. Thank you. Yeah, he went to Cranks. He went from Randall to Cranks. But yeah, if you look at a tremolo, he's like, "Who's your top? You know, the top three or top five? I said, "Well, obviously number one's Eddie," and I'd say Dime, and then I would say Brad Gillis, and then you I'd mean as far as as far as uh, innovation with using it? Well, innovation or just playing, being able to use the Floyd for what they can make out of it. I think that's more what the question was. But it still, Eddie, you know, Eddie's number one on that, no matter what. And then uh, you watch Dime, I mean, and, and Dime was a big Eddie fan. I mean, Eddie put the original Bumblebee in Dime's casket when it buried him, when they buried him. And mm -hmm. he, because he made the comment, he said, Dime was an original and he needs an original. So Eddie had respect for Dime, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say Eddie's number one, Dime's number two. And I, when I say Brad Gillis, people are like, Brad Gillis, Night Ranger? Listen to some of his stuff. New York do City. Yeah, I mean, Brad was really incredible with the, with the Floyd Rose. I was going to say earlier when, when you were talking about uh, Brad Gillis, I, I was, and I got to show the photo again. This was at the NAM show. This was at the, uh, is it the Hilton? Let me... This was at the Hilton one, one, uh, one night near the elevators. We were hanging out. That that guy on the right, that's that's my friend Brooks Lundy, and he actually played bass in a Van Halen tribute called Hot for Teacher for a while, um, and he was actually playing bass on stage at the Nam show one year at the Hilton, and I was hanging out with a friend of mine, who um, who was very close to Edward at the time, and they actually took a photo of him and texted it to Edward right then and there. And I told him later, I'm, I'm like, dude, you don't even know this. But anyway, that's Brooks right there. And then, and then Brad Gillis right there. Brad knows Brooks because they would play together because Brad would get up and play with the band as well, Hot for Teacher. They play together all the time, playing Van Halen stuff. Um, but anyway, as far as Brad Gillis, I always think of him as being Night Ranger. I'm, well, obviously yeah. he is Night Ranger, um, but... Um, Watch the making of hearing aid. It's like 35 minutes long. And just watch what Brad does with that with the tremolo in that. The way I mean he was just he was and a lot of people just don't realize that. They're like Brad Gillis, Night Ranger, you're putting him number three. Yeah. Because watch what the man can do with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he does some wild stuff with it. Well, I gotta so, tell you something from what I heard a couple weeks ago. Was it last week? I think that uh, one of the people that should be at least mentioned in this conversation is Jason Becker. Oh, yeah. Mm. I really do. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. tapes he won't release. That's oh, it. that was last week, huh? We talked about yeah. that. Dang. Dang, that, that was a crazy night. <laughs> Well, you know, it's, that. Well, I, I'm. I didn't mean to get off on a Randy Rhodes tangent or rant or whatever no. you want to call it. But I don't know any of this stuff. But yeah, there, there's I, there's know. so much there's so much out there, and it just amazes me that he did 
you know, 22 and 23 years old when he did those recordings. Now there's two albums in Japan of Quiet Riot that's never been released here in the United States. I have a friend I grew up with who lives in Japan. I'm trying to get him to go find him for me and send him to me. That was interesting, though. When he was when he was a Quiet Riot, it was like after hearing what he did with Ozzy, and you listen to that, and it's like it just seems like something's missing because it was all it was like he was held back, you know, to doing that. With with Ozzy, Ozzy let him go. Let it play. Well, I mean, there, yeah. there's pictures like this. This picture I have behind me right now. That's when they were recording Blizzard of Oz. It was like at a farm. They were in a barn. <sighs> and there's pictures of Randy playing, and Ozzy just standing there, like, like he's never seen anybody ever play. Because you know, Tony just stood there. Tony didn't do anything but standing. <clears throat> now I like. I, I think Tony Iommi is the godfather of heavy metal. I will admit that, and he's a riff master. He really is a riff master. But he just stood there and played. You know, if if you watch the the three videos that they that uh, Ozzy before they went on tour, they were in uh, Rochester, New York, and they filmed three videos there that had an audience of like forty people. And and uh, I don't know. I think is a song at the end of it. Randy's over at his Marshall, just getting it screaming and hollering. And oh man, Ozzie that's just, a great song, man. Oz, Ozzy's just standing there, like he he has no I no idea what to do because he's not he just wasn't used to that, you know. For just all that time prior to that, Tony just stood there, played killer riffs, but he just he just stood there, didn't go for mm-hmm. feedback, didn't run around. You know, there's Randy bending the neck and tilting back and over at his amp and just squealing and everything, and Ozzy's just amazed. So it's. <laughs> and again, you know, 22, 23, 24. That's that's what gets me. Just think of what died in in that guy's what what could have been. Because I really think that metal would not have been like it is now had he lived. I think it would have been a more melodic, maybe, with that classical influence. Really there would do. have been more yeah he would have he would have brought the classical part into it yeah. it would it would have it would have progressed into something maybe like more complex maybe than than uh than what it was or i don't know yeah he well like i said he was going to do the, the third album which would you know ended up being bark at the moon and then he was going to finish the tour what? and then he was okay done. Was, was there was talk of who was going to replace him if when he left? No, 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 because Ozzy kept saying he wasn't going to lay him out of the contract. And he's like, the contract will be over, and I'm not going to sign another one. And then Tommy Aldridge said that's when Ozzy punched him right in the face. Because he said Ozzy was drunk and high at the time too. Mm-hmm. But I think that's one reason why to this day Ozzy he'll still break down in tears. I think that's why you know because mm-hmm. one of the last things he did was punch him. That's so. interesting right there, Chris. And by the way, we're live right now. We can see all you guys in the chat. We love you all. Chris Kruger is saying Ingve picked up where Randy left off. What do you yeah. think of that? I, well, the, the neoclassical. Ingve um, uh, Ing- took it to a, to a speed deal. Yeah, Ingve lost, lost the touch and the feeling, I think. Yeah. 
He wanted, he wanted had, to see how many notes he could put between here and here. You know, Randy, you know, had Randy did the phrasing different. Expressing it. He could express yeah. what he did. He he melted the regular kind of blues rock and roll thing in with in with classical phrasings that made it, you know, special and unique to him. Uh Ingve just shredded it out. My opinion. Mm-hmm. My yeah, opinion. He, he was like, let's get 5,000 notes here in these two bars. Yeah. And we're, we're only, uh, we got nine more hours of show tonight. That's right, Skyprop. <laughs> this is the marathon. See, Robbie is napping right now, getting ready, because in three hours. <laughs> hey, wait, I can wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Robbie. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> hey language so much for the brotherly love yeah come on oh man ron i'm gonna have to that, separate you guys that's your skull guitar oh god i got yeah. bad news i got bad news for you on that <laughs> i didn't quite know how to tell you before but now that you're flushing the toilet and all <laughs> That picture you sent me, let me get that up. Let me just to make absolute Whoa. sure. Just to make absolute sure here. <laughs> there it is. Let me bring it up. Let me look at it. Right. The guitar was uh, carved in 08 and assembled in 09. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the original Skull and Bones that J Frog carved out in like 85 and 86 no. in which case he used the earlier esp banana necks that were actually made in 78 right but he didn't because that's that's like 08 by then he was like really working along with uh our friend in vegas ed roman and oh. Roman, a horrible reputation for anything. So it's murky as to the authenticity of that. I know you got the signed thing. But at that point, Jay Frog was like, I don't know. He might have just been signing shit. It's murky. I hope you didn't pay too much for that. Because I knew, I knew that neck looked weird. That headstock looked weird. And I was like, is that like a, a Hamer or a later ESP? Well, it is a later ESP, you know. It's not late enough to be made in China or one of those. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not from 1982. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was like like a super rare guitar. I was thinking that thing might be worth eight or 9000 But... As it is, it might be worth maybe twenty five hundred, which is still kind of a lot. But I hope you didn't pay too much more than that for it. Well, when I when I ordered it, uh, I actually there I have the video somewhere where Frog actually 
talks about it and and tells me, you know, Ron, this is your guitar and it's going to come to you and blah blah blah. And thank you for ordering it. And this is what number it is and all that stuff. So I I know he built it. Now, so that's an ESP. No, it's, it's a J Frog with an ESP. J Frog. Because because Jason Becker has a J Frog guitar. I've seen it. Let me, let me find. I'll find the. Photo. I wonder what year that is. That would have to be an eighties one there. That would be one I'll that's worth it. a lot. What year yeah. would that have been? I'm just saying, Ron. It could be sketchy because of uh, Ed Roman during those years was doing some horrible stuff. Yeah, I know. He he was he was destroying BC Rich at that time too. You know, and he but was again, but Sunday. but there's there's a a grainy video because the camera's been in 09 of I have it somewhere of, of Frog basically going, Ron, here's your guitar and showing it and talking about it and basically everything that's on the back plate that he's carved in there is what he was talking about. Well, it's got prev it's got providence, but it's a it's a real questionable time mm. you know then but you got providence on it so that that'll help some i found it he found johnny found it let's see it. i found it check this out okay this is jason becker's guitar i i saw this uh back in well this is back in 2017 when i saw this i think it's J frog would it say J frog on it it might, it yeah. might not. Well, this particular one. Is that a carved out, like uh, the carved out skull and bones? Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've got so a headstock. Look. Yeah, show the headstock. Oh, you can't, can you show the headstock, Johnny? Yeah. Oh, Jason Becker. That's cool. Interesting headstock. I would estimate that as being a an ESP bought headstock around. Oh, I'd have to say maybe eighty six, eighty seven. That looks to be about the same shape as this one. I would say, guys. Yours is a little fatter, and, it, and yours has more of a more of a hamer look to it. That's an older stubby one. There's the birthday cake that year. Happy birthday, Jason. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yours has that. I'm thinking the guy was there. Stubbier. I'm thinking the guy was there at the party. Would that would have been Jay Frog? Is that his name? Right. No, that's, that's what he went went by. At least I thought yours was stubbier, but now looking at it, it does look similar. Yeah. It's it's wide. Yours is definitely wider though. His is his is skinnier. I don't know if I can get it. Wait a minute. There. Yeah, I think yours is definitely wider. So you can see it's just a little bit wider. And it's a little stubbier on the end, which is what they did in the later years. Hmm. Even though that was probably custom ordered. The only thing I did to it in uh I changed the pickup. I put a white invader on just because I like the look of the white on it instead of the black. But like, if you look at this, Johnny, look, you can take your finger and stick it in there. In here, this is all, <laughs> all hand carved. I'm sure Jason's oh, yeah. just the same. 
Yep. We're talking uh, about uh, J Frog's skull and bones that uh, he he would hand carve. <laughs> I'm not a real big reverse fan, but when it comes to 82 ESP non-tilt, you know, banana stamped on a heel, 48th Street. Yeah, I'm in love with those and the shape too. It's that it's that grail I, shape, you know. It's that 82 grail. I have possibly two of 48th Street next coming. Coming? A guy, coming, yeah. A guy. You, you told, you showed me something. That's like I had a guitar with one of them on it. Yeah, uh, that was a 48th Street guitar, <laughs> and he's got four necks. And he's a friend of, a mutual friend of ours. He told him he's not going to need the necks. And I told him, I said, you tell him next time you see him. You know, you know he's coming to the recording studio to come bring him. I'm going to take two of the four. You realize if they are in decent shape that they are worth a lot of money. Yeah, get this though. They're being gifted to me. He's giving you $3,000 worth of necks? Yes. He had. He wanted to give all four of them to our to our mutual friend. He's like, I ain't going to have no use for them. And then Jim was here and he's like, damn, you got all these bodies. I'll just get you two of the necks. I'm like, okay. Are they stamped on the heel? I, Jim said he looked at them because Jim actually toured the 48th Street years ago. He's like, this, 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 that guitar is from there, and these four necks are from there. Three of the necks have the ESP logo on them. One of them doesn't. Well, the logo where? On the headstock? Yeah. Well, like I know he said... They're on the head, right. so I don't know. I'm sure they're stamped on the body or on the neck. If too, they're but. stamped on the heel, that means they're from 1982. That makes it worth more. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, I'm getting makes it worth it to run. Stamped. If they're not stamped, they're from 1985. They didn't right. really produce many in that was 84. That's a horrible year, man. No, it's not bad. It's still a great neck. It's still a great neck. It's just not stamped because they started selling parts. I mean, they started making their own guitars. When they made their own guitars, they uh, they stopped stamping them. They only stamped them when they were selling parts. That's why the 82s on uh, the Grail guitars from Kramer are stamped. Well, I'm getting I'm I'm getting two of the four. I think the mutual friend's taking the other two. Because he he came down here like, damn, you got all these bodies. I got bodies laying in there. He goes, you need some necks. Yeah, Chris is asking how much those Grail necks. There's one for sale at Alien Nation, and I think he wants over $2,000. Oh, he's got it down to two thousand. Believe it or not, believe it or not, it's worth it. That's worth it. Uh, you could get one for fifteen hundred. That's really worth it too. The two I got, one from our friend that was on Lost, sold it to me because his mom was sick. That's the one on my experimental Grail guitar, the guitar that shouldn't exist. The other one I have with this Lynch build that I'm doing, I only paid seven hundred for that, believe it or not. And that is that's a eighty-five, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So yeah, uh, you know that's the. I I think that's the uh, best neck ever made. If worse comes to worse, I'll put, I'll put one on here. <laughs> yeah. Can I, that would be can cool. I show something really weird? 
You guys want to have nightmares? Wait a minute. Okay. Okay, this, this is a photo. Doesn't anything nude, does it? No. Okay. Although it could if uh, if. Uh, it uh, what's that one guy? If Atomic Punk is still here, it could. This is a photo of, of my dog. We were we were taking a walk one time. Okay, this is this is my old dog Howie. This was years ago. See, he's looking at this like lizard down there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've like really zoomed in <laughs> on, that, on that lizard or whatever that is. Wow. <laughs> Look at that little face. <laughs> what is that? Is that like a tiny alligator or something? Look at that. Uh, you got weird shit out there in California. <laughs> Now I'm scared. When I when I was there, I I lived in Buena Park, and then at uh, Laguna Beach. My uncle. Oh, had nice! Right there, my uncle had a house right there at the beach. Oh, that's a salamander. A that's an alligator lizard. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anyhow, that that's that's my thing on Randy and Jackson guitars and. Uh, that's how all that came about. And then my son's name and how I met, how I got with my wife. Mm-hmm. So it all that, you know, it all came from, from Randy Rose, believe it or not. And his mom, well, I mean, she, she was in tears when I heard, told her that story. That's cool. That was, so you met her a couple five, times. Yeah. That was uh, five, uh, five years after he was dead. But even Rudy Sarzo said that, you know, he said Randy sacrificed his life to save everybody else's. He said that's just the type person Randy was. Mm -hmm. And Randy, there's a, a comment that Randy made in one of the magazines where he's talking about a rock star. He's, it, it, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something like anybody who, who, who signed in a band, forget the ego, uh, don't worry about the ego that that's you know the the rock star thing comes and goes don't even let it go to your head just concentrate on what you're playing and what you're writing that's it mm -hmm. oh because once it goes to your head you're you're, you're not dead. even in the band anymore <laughs> <laughs> the music it's moved on to different style of music by that point that's pretty cool ron you know i mean did you ever talk to Randy Rose? Did you ever see him? No. I Like I said, I, I could have went to the whiskey that night and I didn't go because it was quite right. And I wish to God I would have. I mean, for me, it's really deeply personal. Okay. It's super personal. Every little thing we did in those guitars, I do. You know? When, I never looked at him. I never looked at Edward as a superstar or some rock god. He was just a regular guy to me, but he was he was super cool. He had a lot of great ideas. So I take the I take making the Kramers that I made extremely personal. Mm -hmm. You know? So that's that's my take on it. why I like Kramer. Well, that's why. It's kinda like why I hate Grover too. 
<laughs> Did you have you have you watched that the the real Charvel gang or something like that it's called or the original Charvel gang? I've seen some of that stuff. I mean, they're that they're documentary. Reaching. Yes, it's on YouTube. The original Charvel gang. The it's Charvel like gang. hour and a half, hour and a half, two hours long. I was watching that recently with a friend of mine. And it starts yes. out with Wayne Charvel and his his other guitars now just say Wayne on the headstock. Uh, but then, yeah, no, I worked uh, on some of those. Uh, then, then, then it, then it comes into Grover moving from Florida and how all that started. Interviews on a bunch of people. Oz Fox is on, and that's another good friend of mine. Is is Tim Gaines, the original bass player for Striper. That's how I knew about CC Deville. Mm -hmm. uh, trying out for Striper. I've been friends with Tim for twenty some years now. I think they glossed yeah. a lot of stuff over in that myself. Probably, but yeah. it's it's interesting to watch. Uh, it's the original Charvel gang, and then there's one on Randy, and it focuses mostly from early and mostly Quiet Riot, mainly because Sharon wouldn't release any uh, the Aussie stuff for him to put in it. Again, she stepped in and you know taking something away from the fans that we because there's so much stuff that they have, you know, and it, it would be a different story if, if they would say. No, we're not going to let you have it because we're going to release our own thing on Randy. But they're not you know, just, no, you can't use it. So it said you had to be at least 65 to be able to talk to Randy. I disagree. I'm 61. I talked to Edward. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to Edward in 82 when he was trying to get me out of my car to work in the factory. You know, I was I was in L.A. in 77, 77, 78. Ah, that's cool. Uh, but yeah, no, it's you know that that's that, that's why Jackson guitars are always going to be. Plus, I love the thin what they call their speed neck, the thin speed neck on them. The one uh, that I have over here, the uh, the Warrior, that's probably the smallest and thinnest Jackson neck I've ever felt. I mean, that's that's for someone that could just that's for someone to play like Ingvay. I mean, it's just, it's a neck, it's set in neck. It's, you know, it's a, but man, I've, I've just always, always, you know, and I like that 12 to 16 radius. Mm hmm. So, like, all this, right, everybody. I had, I had Frog do this one. This is really, you, this is going to freak you out, Robbie. <laughs> this, look how flat this is on the, I don't know how you see it. Uh -huh. How flat that is! Looks I mean, dirty. I told him I I told him I wanted that flat. I didn't want any shape to it at all, and that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that looks like that looks like one of those wizard profiles. All right, everybody, let's uh, step aside and let Grit say something because he's been quiet for the last I don't know. Why? <laughs> People want to hear from him, so Grit, take it over. I don't have anything to say. I'm listening. I'm just sitting here noodling and listening. <laughs> well, I would just like to say, wait a minute, Robbie, I was talking. Well, <laughs> I don't know much about Randy Rhodes or any of that, so I'm, I'm listening too. But I have questions. Well, ask him. <laughs> no. If I don't know, I'll tell you. Is it true you know. have to be 75 years old to talk to Randy Rhodes? No. Oh, okay. 
And it's funny because Eddie, George, and Randy were born. Eddie was first. George was in, Eddie was fifty five. George was fifty six. No. One of them was 54, one was 55, and Randy was 56 because Randy was nine years older than me. They were all in L.A. at the same damn time, yeah. okay? Who caught fire and why? All right? This is the, this is my opinion. Uh, Edward had a band and he was singing. Well, it's really getting anywhere. Everybody knows the story that they had to rent the PA system for Roth. Roth was a rich kid with the PA system. Lynch... And, you know, even to some, some extent, quite right, they really have a front man to go with them. Edward brought in Roth. Now, Edward was a ham from way back. You know, he is just as much of a look at me, look at me as David Lee Roth was. So that's what they did. They made a show. That's how they sparked because they put on a show, you know. Mm -hmm. They didn't just put on a concert and just play songs. They put on this wild show where they went crazy. And then when you got when you got Dave in the, you know, as a front man too, you know, and then you have Edward with the whole "Hey, look at me" guitar playing style. Oh, you know, it's uh, that that's how it that's how they spark. That's how they, Carl Malden. Oh, he's sitting Sandoval guitar. I don't know. We lost Rod again. I think he froze or something. No, he put oh, his guitar away. Smash that thumbs up, you guys. That's the first time that guitar's been off the wall in over a year. Oh, my gosh. That's a good I point. I That's a good, I don't touch Drew it. Drew makes a good point. Jakey Lee was also there. Yeah. Yeah, they were all kind of like together there. And I think it was... Uh, brilliant to have you know roth as a front man somebody was just ridiculous you know i remember the first time i heard that guy i thought what the hell's wrong with him who's stabbing him because it's always ow ow i'm like somebody's white michael jackson you know and it was just like it was it was so crazy and then you, you took that and you combine it with uh not only Edward's guitar playing, but Edward could sing too, and so could so, so could our friend Johnny, Michael Anthony, one of the best. Michael Anthony was the greatest singer in Van Halen. You know the he best background the vocals stuff. you'll ever hear. <laughs> I can't do it no more. Michael yeah. Anthony was the best singer in Van Halen, and that's the truth. And you had to combine it with the songs that 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 were written too. I mean, if you're if you listen to Bottoms Up or Light Up the Sky, I mean, come on, those those are just it was all in your face, kicking you. Van Halen had the songs, and and it continued with Sammy Hagar, number one hits. I guess you just said Fifty One Fifty is one of the greatest songs you ever heard. Yes, it is, uh, and I'm not. You know, I'm not a Sammy fan, but uh, that was out. That was outstanding for him. To Wait a minute, special. but you like Jersey Mike's. Aren't those Sammys? No. <laughs> Don't clip that, R2. <laughs> no, You're a Sammy table. fan. Admit it. No you like those sandwiches. Table. Well, you know. Yeah, Chris King, Light Up the Sky. 
bottoms Chris up. Chris King on Facebook. Know, I just watched the video today on Come on. The Making of 1984. It was almost two hours long today. I watched that. Oh, movie. yeah. That was pretty interesting. It said that Michael McDonald wrote I'll Wait, then ended up suing him over it, but not mm -hmm. Eddie because Eddie didn't know anything about it. Skyproc saying, how did Roth go? I don't understand the question. When Mark... I mean, how did he leave? Like, basically, the whole thing started when uh, Roth wanted to do... Uh, Roth wanted Eddie to help him on a soundtrack for a movie he was supposed to be. And it was really hinging on Eddie doing the music for this movie. And he wouldn't do it. He refused. And uh, that's kind of... That kind of started it. It was it was more uh, fires. It was for more fuel to the fire. The whole, you know, the whole Edward wanting to do keyboard stuff. Ross saying no, people don't want to hear you play keyboards. Why don't you play guitar and all this? This this was going on for quite some time, you know. But that I think that was what kind of pushed it over. Not after That's jump. It. He said no. How did he tell Robbie? Lol. Hmm. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. Again, he's saying that that I don't, I don't know. Johnny, I, give, try here. I, I'm I'm at a loss. I think he th he thinks that you, Roth. Oh, how did Roth scream go again? So you just screamed like him. Oh oh oh! <laughs> how, did well, yeah, Roth, like, how did the Roth? How did the Roth scream? Scream. Like, <laughs> well, he was all like, ow, ow. You know, it was like, <laughs> like a white Michael Jackson. Zora. Oh, wait Actually, Michael George Jackson was white. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, yeah, it was always sounded like he was like in pain, you know, you know, actually, you know, on my I have a the song, songs that I do when I scream, it's more like, I, I, I'm more like, you know, ah, like that. I'm, I'm always Sam, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I always thought somebody was stabbing him or he was like stubbing his toe or, you know, some, somebody was catching his hand in a door, you know. I always thought it was something. I have a I have a Roth story and Steve Vai story. I have a Steve Vai story too, but I'll tell you guys after we're done. Well, okay. <laughs> See this right here. This was 1987. This Is, is that you? That's me right there. And then that's this guy right here. His name Mark Daddle. Uh, this was Mixmaster Studio in Canton, Ohio. Now, Mark did recording, producing, and running sound for Gloria Stefan, uh, Motley Crue. Matter of fact, he's even on uh, their Theater Pain album. It's a special thanks to Mark the Bitch Daddle. So this was his studio. He ended up running sound for David Lee Roth for the eat him and smile and stuff like that. So we hmm. were in the studio recording. This is the where I showed you pictures of my my Ripley. Yeah. Okay, that was in this studio. I was using it. and this this machine right here is a two inch studler studler machine and there was only two in the country. This one and one in fifty one fifty two studio. inch studler. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow <laughs> get your mind out of the gutter. Anyhow, so we're in there. We had the studio for like four or five days. And we're in there. As a matter of fact, I was doing a solo to one of my songs. And then I hear, you can do better than that. 
and I had my back, you know, I'm, well, I, this is all backwards. I had my back, that's the, the main window, and I had my back to the window. And I hear, hey, you can do better than that, man. And I'm like, what the hell? And I turn around, and it was David Lee Roth and Steve Vai standing there. They came in to see Mark about the upcoming tour. Oh, wow. And you want to talk about being under pressure, trying to do a solo with Steve Vai standing there watching you? Mm, not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> So I tried to get uh, I tried to get Dave to sing the song for us, and he wouldn't do it. Oh, I was like Mark. Mark's like, go ahead, we'll re we'll record it, and he's like, no, man, nope. I was like, damn it. So that would be pretty mm -hmm. good. Have a local band here to have David Lee Roth singing your song. Although, wow, I'm, dude, I'm that would have been. A... Yeah, that that well. Oh my god, he's not he's not as famous, but when Rob Helford left judas priest ripper owens is on an album or two i'm not a big priest fan okay but ripper owens is also from here in ohio my mm -hmm. mutual friend that i'm getting the esp 48th street next from is also friends with ripper owens so i'm in the process when i had my stroke you know the biggest thing i want to do is write songs and record with people i've been playing with for years and like, mm -hmm. you know, and my son now, because, you know, when I was in the band, he was only up like six years old. Uh, but like I got a bunch of guys that I used to play with, uh, guys in other bands that we've, you know, you've done like compilation. So anyhow, I got like 18 songs and we're trying to figure out who's going to sing them. And Ripper Owens is going to do two of them for me. Oh, right on. He's, dude. he's coming down from Cleveland area to do two through my friend. And we're going to do it at that studio, and he's going to sing two of them. So I'm going to have a wow. one-time Judas Priest singer singing two of my songs. Now, if I could just get a hold of Dave. <laughs> but, yeah, Mark Mark did all that. And, I mean, that was that was, uh, that was just – I mean, I'm telling I, – I froze. I literally turned around and saw them standing there, and I, was, I just stopped. And it, Were they it, like this? Like, uh, Steve, Steve, well, Steve was standing there like this. Dave was, you know, hands flying everywhere. He was talking with Mark, <laughs> but he's the one that got there and said, Hey, dude, you can do better than that. And I'm like, What the hell? Who is that? <laughs> and I turn around and they're standing there, and I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> but I mean, you talked about just immense pressure. Think, okay, go ahead and start. Do it again. And Steve, I stand like, No, nah, no, we're not going to do this. And 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 forty, you kind of look Wait like Steve Vai. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you need that hat. Not in the least bit. Not in the least bit. But yeah, he's a vegetarian. Oh, I think. Well. But yeah, there, I mean, it was just it was just weird. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was just so weird to be standing there and. And with them there watching you, like, holy crap, I can't, no. Nope, they're, we're done. They're like, hey, man, hey, man, do it again. So you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh what's God. happening, Benny? Hey, oh Benny. My God. Big love. Big love to Independent Many United. She's Independent Many United, welcome. Everybody, give her a, a big welcome here. What independent you know, many united welcome? You kind of wonder what Steve I felt 
stepping in behind Eddie with Dave. Oh. I don't know, man. Vi was doing his own thing, you know, watching him play on some of these videos like like Yankee Rose, and then he's throwing the guitar up in the air 20 feet and catching it on the way down and keeps playing. I mean, that stuff was just – that was just outrageous. I think that he was really doing his own kind of thing, and uh, I didn't like his tone. I thought it was too trebly, but uh, – I loved who he was playing. I got to tell you, and I love the energy of those songs too. He Sky was already he was already Steve Vai by that point, so he yeah, he was. But I mean, but look at yeah. look at he stepped in after Ingve in Alcatraz. That way he was with he was with uh, Frank Zappa first, then and Ingve leaves Alcatraz. And Steve stops in, and he plays there, and then David Lee Roth leaves Eddie. And then Steve steps in there. I mean, it's like holy crap! Mm-hmm. You, that's I I liked the there. I liked the the Edom and Smile and the Skyscraper. I liked a lot, although now I think is very dated. If you listen to Skyscraper now, yeah. like the, the sounds and everything, but I actually really liked the the White Snake with Steve Vai, uh, Slip of the Tongue, yeah, or whatever. Right? Is that what it was? What yeah. Dave say, "Give me a glazed donut and a bottle of anything." to go or something like that yeah i mean i thought you know gave tv ate him and smile was hey it was almost one of those every track is great album it was close and i really i really dug skyscraper i thought skyscraper was really great too i did too but if you listen to it now i mean the the, the keyboard sounds on it of what's that one song uh stand up oh my gosh it's 1988. Yeah, which I don't want to go back to. <laughs> there's other songs that, you know, like like Ladies' Night, Light in Buffalo, you know, or Hot Dog in a Shake, or you know, heck, this the song Skyscraper, or you know, this Just Like Paradise. I mean, yeah, there, there's not a lot of keyboard in there that you notice. Which is funny, cause considering how huh? Dave. Dave supposedly threw a fit with Eddie wanting to play keyboards. That he would have keyboards in his own band. That album yeah. is all keyboards. Underneath Vi's guitar, it's all keyboard stuff. But that was the time though, too. It was the it was, you know, it was a very pop uh you know, the Paula Abdul, you know, that whole pop sound. Those I albums were all pop albums, if you think about it. Skyscraper O eight one two is a total pop record. But I mean, if you're listening to uh, Just Like Paradise, the keyboards aren't really from problem. Yeah, it is. The first part is a key is a piano. You hear it. I hear it. Johnny. That that, that's that's a a keyboard. I mean, it's keyboard and then guitar is under that, right? Am I right, Chris King, or somebody? (laughs) By the way, we're over time and we're doing giveaways, but. Somebody help, right? Please. The first part of Paradise is a keyboard. I hear the guitar. Breaking I hear news. guitar right out. Well, Chris King, the only guy watching us from Facebook, says I'm right. And the Atomic Punk says I'm right, too. So. All right, all right. Yes, keyboards and then guitar. Yeah, Jeff T, channel member. Yes, keyboards and then guitar comes in. I wasn't born yesterday. I was born the day before. Oh, 
<laughs> this is the old England guitar right here. That's you? Yeah, that's yeah. That's my solar from Ola. <laughs> what was that? I have no idea. It's not like a toilet flushing. Nope, nope, nope. I, you, I didn't touch nothing. Whose guitar is that? That's my solar. It's one of the Ola England's guitars. You're watching Johnny Bean TV. I'm Ola England, the guy with the the face. I'm the live stream right now. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. There you go. Ola's oh, Robbie. Ola. Wait, 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 wait. Ola, <laughs> he was just Ola actually his... likes my son's band. Sweating, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Failure, by the way. Guys, check them out. Faith and Failure. They're on Spotify, everything. Oh, right Every, Everywhere you can listen to music, they're on. Awesome. The guy from Slipknot likes their song, uh, Pestilence. He even put cool. a tweet out about that. Told, told everybody to check out this mother effing song from this mother effing band from ohio he said if you don't you're something <laughs> i don't know what it was. awesome okay and the guitars you hear are all set up by me through in live shows and i know i said we were doing a 12-hour show tonight i was kidding it's three hours i still haven't had dinner yet so, um, all right, giveaway. Are we good? I mean, I'm starting to feel bad for some of you guys, but well, I, <laughs> I, I still got a song I want to play too. Uh. Or I won't. You know, a problem, then forget it. <laughs> good night. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. All right. Hang on. Nobody leave yet. Robbie's, well, hang on. We got to do the giveaway first. Smash that thumbs up, though, you guys, please. Smash those thumbs. We got 50 thumbs ups. 72 entries. All right, so we're going to spin three times, you guys. If you guys just got here, which I'm assuming most of you were sleeping during this, but... Taylor Guitars uh, Coaster. This is from Nam Show. We're going to spin for that. Uh, Vola Keychain I got. Ola England's Table. And a and couple guitar picks. One is uh, Walrus. Walrus? Walrus. And the other one I can't read. It says something. Get it right, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Made in Portland, Oregon. All right, we're going to spin three times. You guys ready? All right. All right, the first the first one, giveaway winners. Let's open that up. Okay. All right, let's do for the, the two guitar picks. The winners of the two guitar picks is... Oh, oh, Ogre Lord 5150. Ogre Lord. Ogre Lord 5150, you win. Ogre Lord 5150, two guitar picks. Okay, two. 
All right, that has to make some sort of sense. Not one, right. but two. 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 Right. two. <laughs> <laughs> he said it makes two. Damn it. That's so weird. Okay, next is for the Vola keychain. The winner Did is. Did you say Vola? Vola. Amex and Dixies. I predict Skyprop is going to win the next one. I can't even pronounce that name. A M. X N D X I E S. Oh wait, what's Dixie. Ned doing? What are you? Oh, you're. Oh, he's just playing under the chair there. Oh, he's chasing his tail. Okay, good. I thought he had a rodent. Okay. Oh no. A M X N D X I E S. Vola keychain. Okay, now for the Taylor screen. What? Okay. Will be on the screen. Oh yeah, yeah. All you guys, all all y'all. There's gonna be a number on the screen for you guys to text it. Okay. All yes. right. Taylor guitars uh, thing. <laughs> Watch if it actually lands on Dave. Uh. Taylor Guitars Coaster Dave Interesting Alright Dave wins Okay there you go And actually whoever texts me first out of the three of you Get all of it Oh there you go I don't see any of them here But I don't know who knows all right, there's the number right there. Four one five four one oh you're here? Okay. Four one five nine five two three two six three. Text me your name and what you won, and I will send those out. I would like to say special thanks tonight to our, our good friends here. Forty grit. Thank you. Thank you, man. Uh our our other good friend Ron Gunner. Picks. Who, who has picks? You know, you know what? Wait, you know what? Next week I'm gonna give away I'll, I'll, one of these pick holders. Right on. So Run everybody gunner. wins a pick, it can win the pick holder and have something to carry him in. Oh, dude. <laughs> right on. Channel member. <laughs> and I'd like to thank myself. For being here thank you everybody maybe, don't forget to don't, don't forget tune in tomorrow night guitar asmr show where i actually play the guitar and i don't just talk about them tomorrow night this video will actually at the very end of this video it'll actually take you to tomorrow night's videos you can actually smash the thumbs up on tomorrow night's video all right wait wait a minute wait a minute did Robbie want to play a song? Yeah, he's he's in the green room right now getting ready. So he's it's all good.
Okay, channel members, thank you for your continued support for this channel and these shows. Thank you so much. And now, from Norman, Oklahoma, with a song he wrote uh, two minutes ago. Later, everybody. Robbie the Animal. Robbie the... What's his name? Robbie... Stingle. That's, that's his signature guitar. Yes. This is called Run For Your Life.
but for your life you understand for your life for your life for your But for your life, you understand. But for your life, is your dead man. But for your life, you understand. Don't put your eggs in one basket. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. And as is customary. <laughs>